But um, I see Tomb Dads all up in here. What are those poles? What are you talking about? Poles. Do I have? Oh, is it the is it the data? Is it because you see data on the screen right now? And and who's this guy right here subbing? Ziggy nineteen eighty two subscribing for a tier one sub for twenty one years of support. That subscription is old enough to drink in the United States of America. I, I had to press the button, otherwise I couldn't see this, couldn't see Tristan yelling at me. <laughs> Big data. And then Haywo showing up. Chat gig's basically here. Uh, we're here. Um, I'm, of course, the magical Mr. Mephisto, the most dangerous man in Age of Sigmar. I am your loquacious Lich King, uh, taking you through all the uh, adjacent topics related to Warhammer. Uh, and tonight, I'm actually going to try to stay on topic. We'll, we'll see how well I do. Uh, I have with me uh, the, the Stats Hoarder Laureate, uh, the Man of the Hour, uh, Ziggy. You, you should know him from, from the T-Sports uh, Stats Center and the Honest Wargamer. How's it going tonight, Ziggy? Not bad at all. Well, morning, it's 2 a.m. for me, so. You're a fucking champ. I'm sorry. I'm so, like, way to step up. But well, wow. I, I, I blame Haywo, who uh, drops the big, but couldn't be contacted in time. Yeah, yeah, it's all Haywo's fault. It is my fault. I well, was so it's it's not that I didn't know what date you were on, okay? Like number wise. It's that I didn't associate today with the number that is next week. Like I my brain's just like, oh yeah, of course it's the it's the second week of April because because April happened last week. The first was on what, Friday? I'm like, so yeah. April happened last week. I'm like, so that's the first week of April. And then it's the second week of April. It's just what my brain did. Um I promise I promise, the, the further and further we get away from my ADHD diagnosis, the less I will blame it. But I'm going to, ADHD, uh, ADHD brain, you're taking the L on this one. Uh, time blindness, it's 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 not my fault. It is, uh, blame it on the ADD. Isn't that a song? It might be. Oh, God, that's a song. If it's not, if it's not, it will be soon. <laughs> Why the, wait, so it's, it's 2 a.m. for you. And yeah. it's 8 p.m. here, which means it's it's actually like pumpkin hour for Tristan, and yet here he is. So that's fucking weird. I don't think Tristan sleeps. Tristan sleeps. Tristan uh, sleeps almost as much as as uh, blame it King on the King? alcohol. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Anachronistic vampires uh, showing up in here. Um, so I, I guess. I don't know. Like I, I recently, you rolled out this the. Uh, uh, I guess maybe introduce yourself real quick in case uh, people aren't familiar with my audience because it was a bit of a British focus. TSN is is sort of a local local affair, and and I know you do do aggregation for sort of overall. But but let me introduce yourself to the audience uh, that may not know you. Maybe they know you only from Blood Bowl and and how you are a punishing, ruthless Blood Bowl player. 
but they don't quite know about your stats, uh, your, your stats game. All right, yeah, I was going to start with that being the uh, the champion of the second season, of the uh, <laughs> the cast Blood Bowl. Yeah, no, you got to start with that. Uh, that was on uh, Dwarves, wasn't it? Uh, Norse. Norse. Oh my God, that's right. It Norse just, off the just, top rope. That's right, just, just out of nowhere. Or bigger legs, so yeah, and less armor. <laughs> so other than that, yeah. So I've um been working with. Well, I mean, that's the, the most important accolade. The the uh the second champion of of the uh, Rantcast Blood Bowl League. I mean that that really is. I mean the stats are nice. The second, the second's also important because it gives you a chance to beat the other champion. Right. Right. So you can just show just how much better you are. Right. Than right. those who came before you. Yeah. The first was Skeletti. Um. But like that, like he didn't go back to back like my Green Bay Packers, which really established them as the best team in the NFL forever. After that, like they're just beyond contestation. Had had we'll ignore, we'll just ignore this season and the, the failure to win with probably one of the best teams put together and too soon. That's, that's fine. To be fair, I I, I, I can't, okay. So I did recently uh, uh, sell out uh, the proletariat. I became a capitalist pig and I bought an NFL team, um, but I don't take the onus on that one. Uh, other management had already sort of put that season into motion, uh, but I can guarantee this season as a Packers owner uh, that they will play football. It is my promise to the fans. Their football call. will be played <laughs> under my, under my, football. under my ownership. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Champ 2.0. But yeah, you, 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 like you ripped the, you ripped the crown from Scaletti, which is almost better than, you know, winning the first one, I think. Exactly. Yeah. Just, as I say, it proves you're just that one step above um, <laughs> the previous champs. Look how many people are like, absolutely, <laughs> they want to hear fucking Warhammer stats, and we just spent 20 minutes talking about Blood Bowl. They're just like, fucking Blood Bowl. Who cares? We can go into Blood Bowl all night if you want to. That's, that's fine by so, me. So why is Blood Bowl the, the, the actually the best Games Workshop IP? It's just a laugh. You're supposed <laughs> to have fun. Other than other than you, when you play and oh, things don't go well, salty and, math, and yeah. the rant, the, the salt, and the comes flying out from yeah. the, the third the third one in a row, and your werewolf has just knocked himself out, and then you're like your your white, which is broken, is back because yeah. you know in the, the last day of the game when there was absolutely nothing on the line. Yeah, yeah. hey, hey, Dreadfarve uh, gave it gave it his all, and Scarin Rogers was on fire. All right, that's. Um... Reggie Fright was my werewolf or something like that. Just all Packer yeah. puns. It was great. Um, no, no. Yeah, let's not go into the, the two things on this planet that make me saltier than anything else. It, it's like it, I've I've taken really bad beats in, in Warhammer. Um, I've, I've taken some pretty bad beats in, in Magic the Gathering, but in Magic the Gathering, uh, you have to have a certain type of uh, like being a douchebag to begin with, like when you go into it. So that, like, you turn when if you lose, you do so in such a manner that the other person doesn't feel good winning. Um, so like it's you, you like so like it's a different type of salt. Like it's a different it's a different. That's like that really good like pink Himalayan salt in Magic: The, the Gathering. Denial system. of joy. Yeah. The denial of joy is what you're aiming for. Yeah, yeah. You're like, oh, this is like a losing matchup for me, and they just like ripped the god hand. Um, I'm going to lose this, but I'm going to make sure they don't enjoy it. You know, like that's where you go. Um, you just go to it. You just it's you go to it. Just you go into like the negaverse. You go into a different different headspace. So like, uh, I can't put Magic the Gathering saltiness in this category. That's why it's like 
it's it's in it's mushroom. Magic the Gathering uh, saltiness is mushroom, and we'll get back to talking about like the topic, which is the two saltiest places you'll ever find me is specifically online Blood Bowl. In person, it's not as bad, and uh, and League of Legends. I I nothing will incite rage in me more, and it's not my opponent. It and it's not really like like Nuffle, you know the 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 dice god, right? In 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 Blood Bowl, it's like it's this weird combination of like yes, it's a c- competitive thing, so I'm like I'm I'm trying to win, and then like and then the XCOM pressure. If you take the XCOM pressure and you put it in a competitive game against another person who you're trying to be cordial with, but, like, the XCOM robot hates you, and you're like, fuck oh, yeah. XCOM robot, and then, like, your salt leaks out at the person you're playing with, because, like, they do something, and you're like, fuck, of course the fucking dice are good for you. I don't curse about dice, but you put, like, an XCOM, like, RNG on it, and I'm just like, you will always, always fail that second going for it yeah. when it's you. Absolutely. And your opponent, and I know it's confirmation bias, but it just you get locked in that headspace. And I would love to see the number, uh, the number seed, like where we keep, like going and data mine these games. And I would love to see the number seeds of games and see if they actually average out because I guarantee they do not. Yeah, they do. I guarantee they do. It's really, just com- it's just like confirmation bias that like, it always happens to you. Yeah. You only remember when it happens. To you. you don't remember when you pass six rolls in a row. Really, you'll guarantee you guarantee that you will remember it. Yeah. When you basically roll three ones, yeah, and it's like you roll the one and you fail, you re-roll, you fail, you get an injury roll and it's two ones, and you go, well, there's nothing I could have done, and that makes it worse because you can see what the next rolls are, right? And you can see that no matter what you did, you were you were screwed, yeah. Nothing, nothing was fixing that, and then you just feel utterly horrendous because you're like, fuck you, game. <laughs> that, that's on you. <laughs> I made the right call. It's you. You're generating the bad dice for me, right? Well, and and there's the, and that's the thing is like is is the best Blood Bowl players kind of know when to risk it, and otherwise you're trying to mitigate ever rolling dice at all, um, you know, for the most part, or always rolling dice up if you can. And you see, you're, there's ways to mitigate, you know, the decision making. And and really, I think at a like sort of a novice level, that first tier, like you get mad at the dice, but then later on you get mad that you had to throw dice. <laughs> it's like I think the, think the uh, I played you once. I played you vampires, and it was I took the vampire team as a joke after kind of winning it and i had a horrible season because vampires are just so frustrating the amount yeah. of dice you have to roll just to stand up and yeah. i played you and all i remember is that everything worked and i mean because with vampires anyway when you win you win because you've done some crazy shit yeah and it was just working and yeah. you were just sitting there seething angrier and well, angrier it, in in my defense I had Molly and my kids right over here trying to get me to like do all kinds of crap and I'm like I'm in a game and I kept pausing it on you so like so like the bad thing happens for me or the good thing happens for you and I'm like okay I'm I'm still in this but but I pause the screen and I'm being rude to somebody I haven't really built a rapport with and I'm like so now I'm being rude to to you know potential friend because I have to keep pausing this stupid game but now but that emotion of like good thing or bad thing happened on the game that that makes me saltier than any other game on the League of Legends is worse. But but now I have to hold that. Like, that's just paused in me, too. That emotion as I like, get up to go and, like, you know, like, help bring in some fucking furniture or whatever the fuck I had to do that day. I'm just like, God. I'm just like... <laughs> and then you hold it up. It, it's just... It just leaked out my head. And I remember I had an opportunity to, to like, to tie it at the end. I think it was. 
I had to I had to do like something with my like a, a double Gucci uh, go go for it with my werewolf or it was something along those lines and he like slipped and broke his damn spine or just something and and I'm just like of course yeah because that that would be after the point where I did like four dodges pick the ball up in tackle zones mm-hmm. managed to dodge through like at the last bit make two GFIs and score yeah and then you just you could literally walk across the line yeah. Yeah, and then that—that's that's just everything goes. Then you just—that's it. Yeah, hands up. Yep. Yep. Mic I rem- down. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. I'm just like, all right, you know, like I'm sorry, I'm like being a dick right up. Like I'm just, you know, and trying to explain it and trying to like apologize. It just, but then, but then also you're getting mad at the the mechanics of the game. It's again, it's not the same thing as when like you throw actual dice. When you throw actual dice. It's like there's like an interactive aspect to it, right? Like I I picked up the dice. Cheated. I threw. What's that? You don't you don't feel cheated. Right, like I'm throwing it. It could be whatever it is. There's this, 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 this a feeling when it's a computer generating it. Yes, and it's already decided. It's already decided. Yeah, no, that's exactly it. It's the inevitability, it. right? It's just this is no matter what I did, this is what was going to happen, right? Like that. That's the thing, because you feel like and and there's there's a I think there's a huge component to this in tabletop games is like the illusion of agency. NPE we talk about in in, in Warhammer in in Warhammer Age of Sigmar. Uh, often is generated from from the illusion of agency being broken, right? Like you 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 go, I have no agency here. I'm not interacting with my opponent. Uh, I can't kill them. You know, the, the Petrifex Elite MPE comes from like no matter what I throw at this thing, it won't die. Uh, so I don't have any meaningful interaction there because I can't kill the thing. So like, bloody blah, blah. Like you know, if it's if it, the old sort of I've got a million minus ones to hit like it doesn't matter what i roll i can't hit there's no what am i supposed to do here and the, and it just kind of you know compiles and you know right now it's it's sentinels where i can't stash my units they see everything on the table they're just going to mortal wound it down old clown car was similar they're just going to pop and they're just going to pop and drop something and i can't stop this and and it's the fact that you, you know you know it going in so you're already predisposed to feel that way yeah so like if you're going to go up against Luminous and you rely on five wound foot characters, mm-hmm. you already go in there going, right, well, they're all dead, aren't they? <laughs> it's not going to work. My, right. my, 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 my combos are dead. Synergies are gone. And then you, you, so even before you put it down, it's like, well, what am I going to do? Yeah. Dice haven't even been rolled yet. And you're already in that mindset of, well, they're fucked, aren't they? Yeah. Well, see, I, I think this is, I think we accidentally got to a segue here. I think this is, um, this sort of like infallibility of chance perceptions that we, we start to we start to like intellectualize the game and, and we start to forget that there's a chance there and we start to do that. And I I when you walk up to the table and you think I've lost, like I've already halfway beat you. You know? I used to the, when I was playing Nagash and I wasn't even playing like the, the, the like cookie cutter, you know, like you know, take you to Pound Town Legion Nagash list. I was a hundred skeletons in Nagash, right? Like it was just I like skeletons, I like Nagash, threw it together. And lo and behold, I end up in the Midwest tournament scene where they've just been terrorized by Detroit and Brendan Melnick for just one calendar year solid, right? Of like in, in one point one point five and then into the Legion of Nagash battle tome. Just come off the backs of like two big tournaments, like with Midwest Meltdown and some other stuff. And I walk into to Dragonfall, about fifty person tournament, and I'm like I've got my pie plate Nagash because I'm so happy. I'm so proud of Nagash. Like I'm, I'm like carrying it like a chef or, or like a like a server on my hand. I'm like I'm about to serve you handed dust. I'm so ex- I'm like a kid. I'm I'm reverted because playing Nagash. That's right. I keep I keep Clown Gash on my desk 
because every now and then I look at it, I just go, hee, 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 and I just giggle. That direct line through my cerebellum into my nostalgia, like, memory banks where, where I keep my childhood happiness. That's what Nagash does. And when I was a kid, I didn't get to field Nagash. About the time I finished my, my uh, army book, Undead Army, my fourth edition army book, fifth edition was out, but the Vampire Counts book wasn't out. Vampire Counts came out and just said, hey, you know half those minis you just bought? With a child's income of lawnmower money and trading literal basketball cards. Uh, yeah, you're going to have to go and like fucking throw some of that shit away and go get this stuff. And I'm like, well, what about Nagash? And they're like, yeah, he's not in the battle time. He got killed by rats or some shit. I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, like just that like fucking sixth, seventh year, uh, seventh grade brain just. And so when I came back to AOS, I'm like, I finally. Uh, Halo's in the chat. I had that brief moment. Where I was thinking about playing uh, Skaven Scryer because when I was a when I was a teenager, I'd always kind of thought about playing Skaven as like my second army. So it's like I'm picking up where I left off in one of two places. I'm either picking up where I left off with Death, or I'm picking up where I left off with about to start my second army. the The Siren's Call of Death was too great. I didn't play Scryer. I, I I threw it on Death, and then the minute I made the decision, started collecting, got some models together. Uh, uh, pl played like my first sort of like three games or whatever um, with a all black primered army, right? <laughs> as one does. Uh, well, the fact that you had it black primed is one step above where I usually get to. Oh, it's just half built in gray. <laughs> yeah, empty basis is my favorite personally. Uh, I still do it. Um, don't at me. <laughs> I've actually ad advanced my empty basis game. I'll take pieces of paper now. And I no, and I circle like the basis in a configuration, especially since coherency has changed. And then I just like cut those out, and I just like throw those on the table now to practice deployments and stuff. I don't even like bases are hard. They're like they're all like in in my army case and stuff, and I have to get that. But I have like any random base scattered around me. I can just like trace twenty of those, whatever. Um, <laughs> no, so so like you know this the fact this that you practice deployment already puts you. Quite a level higher than me. Uh, it, it's it's <laughs> sad, but it puts me higher than a lot of people. Um, <laughs> no, so it's yeah, like practicing deployments just just because it's a configuration, and then like kind of uh, in Magic: The Gathering, we called it mental magic or goldfishing. Well, mental magic's a little bit different. Mental magic's like just naming cards back and forth to like you know lines of play um but like goldfishing where you sit there and you goldfish and you goldfish and goldfish uh yeah. you have like a bunch of plain islands that you've uh taken a sharpie and not even written like the mana cost because you have all the decks memorized and you just write the name on the of what it's supposed to be pull it out and play and um get through it and figure out how to play so i basically took goldfishing as best i can to warhammer so just so i know my army uh you know i yeah. don't want to show up i'll get a couple real games in with some friends but before i even show up to a to a, a real game with a friend, I want them to be like, oh, he knows his shit. Even if it's just a casual game with friends. Like, I, I, I can't stand that, like, feeling like I'm I'm the dumb person in the room. That's my ego, though. Right? I don't I don't want to be the smartest person in the room. I, I think that's a fallacy. I think that's a that's a fool's errand. Um, I just want to be out of the Valley of Despair on the Dunning-Kruger effect, you know? Like, in the Valley of Despair, you're just, like, you're right in the, the fucking... right at the bottom of it, and you're just... I know fucking everything. You're just looking around. You don't even see the fucking hill anymore. I just want to be climbing that little plateau on the Dunning-Kruger effect so I can look down and be like, most people in the Valley of Despair, and fuck, that's a tall mountain. That's where I like to live. Um, <laughs> um, I, I did see a comment from uh, from Tristan about AOS, what's that? 
mm. especially on this show. So mm-hmm. I think I think that's a dig. Um, while right. there is some argument going on about whether Warcry or uh, Kill Team or something else is the best best game, mm-hmm. which I think is just incredibly stupid because obviously it's Blood Bowl. See, yeah, yeah. This is that. That's that's facts. Uh, I think you've got some statistics to back that up too. Actually, we could we could check the tapes on that if we need to a little bit later on the show. Um, no, just to kind of kind of put a bow on this on the on this thing. So I show up with Nagash, uh, just happy. I'm just I'm just happy to finally be able to play Nagash, put Nagash on the table, and I get that reaction. That quite frankly, I, I don't want to say traumatizing, but it 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 certainly affected how I, um have seen the community every day since. Like, I, I would go to put my thing down, and then I would hear people go, ugh, Nagash. And they didn't know shit about me. I didn't have a brand yet. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't start a podcast for another year, year after that. I just ground tournaments, played tournaments. If anyone knew me, they knew me because I, they kind of knew Haywo, or they knew Haywo, and I was on... In the early days, he actually did a little bit of an interview format, so I was on a couple of those. Um, a few... Really savvy folks actually watch my random variety stream shit. Um, Tyler Emerson and uh, Relian from Detroit. I know they they both ended up watching just my random like video game streams uh, that I was still doing at the time. Um, but no one really knew who the fuck I was. So they they just saw Nagash and they judged me on that. And 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 I say that to say this. I think about that moment every time someone goes to put Sentinels on the table or formerly Flamers or 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 um you know, fire slayers here soon to be, whatever the, you know, just whatever the thing is people gravitate towards as the ugh, knee-jerk reaction. I think about it every time and what it felt like to just love my thing and be a kid again and then have someone just like, you know, I remember hating. Go ahead. I don't don't blame the community for that. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. My blame is, is game design that allows something to be that, to that point. It should it should never be that something is so obviously oppressive. Yeah. That people feel bad about taking something that they like and their faction. I feel really really sorry for. Oh, I didn't feel bad about about taking the gosh. I felt bad that people were judging me. Fuck those people. Well, <laughs> <laughs> there are people. There are people. For example, a year or so ago, when Dark Elves are. Drakari were horrendous, mm-hmm. and you saw a post about I, this I is 40k stuff. This is 40k, but it's just okay. the, the principle of it. Like they put it away because they didn't want their their friends gave them the evil eye, well, the like, side so, eye, and everything got out. This it's happened like, with Slanesh, right? Like the yeah, shelf Slanesh exactly. movement. Yeah, it's like it's not their fault. It's just horrendous. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't horrendous when they bought it. It is now. It's not their fault. Now the people who go out and buy the hot the hot new take and then. Mm-hmm. dry brush it up and throw it on the table again still not their fault but i have slightly less sympathy for them if they get the evils because they're doing it for a reason see see we're, I, I, we're on two different sides of this i don't care like like if, if you're gonna if, if someone rocks up with slanesh and i know they're good right now i'm like they're in it to win it and then i know how to play them i'm like all right let's go you know go it's, it's not it's not that i mind it at all yeah, yeah but when they get the reaction okay i see i, I don't feel as bad Oh, I see. I Whereas see. I feel, I feel bad for someone who loves their faction. Uh-huh. Had that army, it suddenly became great. Yeah. And when they rock up to their gaming club to play it, everyone looks at them and says, "What the fuck?" Yeah. See, see, the, the takeaway like, here is, is people were wrong. I'm right about Nagash. <laughs> uh, no, 
<laughs> no, the, with the Nagash thing though, like this is this was where the segue was going. Um, so, like, first of all, I I knew how to beat myself when I was when I was playing against somebody else's army, but they would beat themselves when I walked up to the table. Um, they would like, ugh, Nagash, and I would get that reaction. I would feel bad, but then they would just be like, well, I can't beat him, so I'm not even gonna. You know, I would watch these things. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, if you just do this and this and this, and I like, I'm not gonna coach you to beat me. But I'm like, I could beat me without even throwing dice. And I, I proved this when I started playing Beast of Chaos and beating Slanesh. Whole calendar year, 50-50 Slanesh. As, as long as you don't mention half-decent players and easily beating Marathi, it's fine. What's that? Have you not heard the half-decent player Marathi joke? No, so no. There was, a, there, was a, there was a take on, so there was a bit of a complaint about how no matter what happens to any book and any update, Marathi is literally left fine. In fact, when all the yeah other yeah, it's, it's kind of bogus right yeah. now. Like she well, even got a buff recently. Right? Yeah, exactly. Everyone else got got dragged down as a god character, and she got more spells. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a little bit still of the right move. She just should have went up in points. Yeah. The gods should so know all their bit... spells. I, I'm fine with that as like a general rule, personally. Yeah, yeah. So that's right. Um, so there's a little bit of annoyance on Twitter around it, and someone um, just came out with a line that basically any half decent player knows how to beat Raffi. It's easy. And everyone was like, uh-huh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, <laughs> of course, well, just be a half-decent player. Well, see, and here's where and here's where the this was all going. Like, I knew I could beat Nagash. I, I knew I could, you know, and, and I, money where my mouth is. I won a best death that, that year. I uh, I won a uh, sportsmanship trophy, too, that same year I, I, I debuted my Nagash. That, that whole year I was a grinder. You know, I, I put up. I put up results. I showed up. I never had a losing record. Always 3-2 and two or 4-1, and one. like... Um, you know, like I, uh, the elusive five and zero. I haven't gotten one of those yet. I, they'll come with time if I feel like it. But I've, I've switched out of that gear as I've settled into the game a little bit more. But, but that was also before I was part of the Midwest community. I'm gonna exactly say, and I hope Tristan's still here. Um, I hung out on the TGA forums. My community was, and I will name very specific individuals. It was Tomb King Tristan. Uh, it was LLV. It was Ian. And then like a couple, just like a couple other individuals that, but it was those three because they're the ones that were the most prominent posters in the death, specifically the death section. And I will never forget this conversation when Ian and I, and I don't think he even remembers it, but like, that's fine. I have ADHD. I don't remember a lot of shit. Um, I I, I tell you as long, the longer I get away from the diagnosis, the more I will have coped and stop blaming the ADHD. Please just bear with me in my journey here, everybody. Um, (laughs) um, but I remember distinctly having a conversation where we were crunching numbers um, on whether Graveguard were better than Skeletons. Um, and so it was just pure math hammering it, right? Like just, you know, like before either of us had deployed, I think we were both, we were both, uh, like we were both building some ghosts at about the same time. I already had my Skeleton army built and like I'm lazy, so I don't want to like, you know, build more shit. And like I want the math to prove Skeletons are better, right? Um, <laughs> your name is your name. Yeah. No, you were you were in those original days. You'd be on the death forums. Uh, that was where I watched you get into like some scraps with some folks over to- over Tomb Kings, and because uh, the the Tomb King hate, I guess, was 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 stuck there from the year just before I joined. Because I got in on on, on GHB twenty seventeen, sort of the, the the second half of the year, right? Um, so like uh, October, November, December is when I like sort of started collecting, started playing. Uh, I'd gotten in by by Dece- the time December had rolled around. I had an army. I, I was grinding. I was grinding games with just basically Haywo, um, and then uh, and that's also around the time I moved away from Milwaukee. So I moved away from from 
and then hey we'll move to different directions we just moved two different directions away from milwaukee type thing um so like i i would i did what any self-respecting nerd does when you lose all your friends uh i went to the internet <laughs> why not um and i found the tga sure, forums well. what was that served us all well yeah no I, I was i was obsessed with i was obsessed with uh, uh warhammer i didn't have uh, i could only play once every so many you know whatever and and i so i went to the forums but so i got uh, tomb king were catching some hate because like the tournament sequence just before i showed up like they were real bastards um so there was a bunch of hate in the community i guess about tomb kings and then and then they got legended and then everyone was like felt super like vitriolic and fucking righteous they're like yeah fuck fuck your army like ah it's out of the game now and just like I, I just remember that scene and i remember meeting tristan around that time like just kind of in the fallout of that and not understanding why everyone was so mean to to tomb kings like i have i like i banter like you sucks ass nagash best like that sure but like i would be and this is going to be relevant if i bring up adepticon i think yeah, yeah. uh i would be having a playful banter about Setra versus Nagash without the context of that tournament year, the vitriol that was happening from people who felt, you know, this army was unfair. Um, and then the, like this sheer self-righteousness when it was getting banned and stuff. They're not banned, but legended and points had went, had fucked around. I, I didn't see any, any Tomb King archers anywhere type thing. You know, it was just, and, and I remember, you know, I'm sitting there like joking with Tomb Kings players because like I'm just playing the Nagash Setra thing because I don't I don't I don't know about the tournament crap yet. I'm I'm just I have an eye towards the tournament. I'm trying to make Adepticon that year, right? That's I've got my army Black Primer. I'm practicing games. I'm like February's Adepticon, February's Adepticon. That was the whole goal. Make make Adepticon that year, uh, which would have been 2018. Um, and I I missed it, but I this revelation struck. And I think this is relevant to Adepticon, where you're playful, or you're throwing in on like a, an actual critique or something like that. But that vitriolic element, that noise, where people see an opportunity to be self-righteous and be a dick about something, that happens too easily in this community. People will seize an opportunity to pile on, and it was around that time that I'm like, I don't need to be a dick right now. And that was a valuable lesson, which is why I, I, I was really awesome when Adepticon happened, because I decided I didn't need to be a dick right now. I'm being a dick right now, right now, a, a week later. But um, at the time, I'm like, I don't need to be a dick right now. And that, that was a lesson I took away from that, and, and, and that's where I met Tomb King. But that was my original community, kind of. It was, it was that little clutch of individuals that would have discussions on the TGA forums, that would banter about Tomb King's versus Nagash, that would crunch numbers. I remember Ian did like a big math spread of like... Well, if Graveguard have these buffs, these buffs, and these buffs, like they win, and and if uh, or if skeletons have these buffs, these buffs, and these buffs, and the big one was uh, in Infernal Blades, um, uh, they win, and if Graveguard have these buffs, they win, and if they have neither buffs, Graveguard win, and it was like this whole, and so it was like, so what you're saying is, if I get as many synergies as possible on my skeletons, I win. I'm like, all I need to hear. Oh, Good to go. Finish. Why anything else? Yeah. What? Yeah, well, why, why need anything else? Just, right. Well, and that, and that's where my brain hope. went. There's hope. What I'm telling you is there's hope. 
But that's what my brain wanted. My brain was just like, I'm just looking for a way skeletons are better type thing. And I remember those discussions. And that was when LLV was sort of like starting to talk about, like we were t- talking about stats and, and, and data. And I, I came over from Magic the Gathering and League of Legends and, and, and you know, tier lists weren't new to me. Knowing what, what fighter in, in the FGC scene was, was the most overtuned character currently. Like that shit was my jam. I, like I love that stuff. I still love that stuff. Like I'm, I'm fucking junkie for it. I, 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 I love that stuff. And I remember that was right around the time LLV started to try to, like, compile stats. Yeah. Uh, it was right around there, and I went to Dragonfall, because I missed Adepticon. And, you know, I was still relatively active on the on the, on the TGA forums and all the way up until about Dragonfall, and then kind of into the winter. Uh, by that time, I had been to enough tournaments to where, like, I, instead of going to TGA, I was to Twitter instead, because I kind of found the community. Yeah. Um, but I remember... I remember, like, in the, at the time, we just wanted to know what people were playing. You know? Yeah, just what's out there, what's going on, what's what's happening at events. Yeah. And I remember feeling the same way. I remember sitting at my computer, my homies scattered across the Midwest. I can't, I can't on a weekend-to-weekend basis just, like, go and play a game or, or week-to-week basis or, 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 like, some of you fucking lucky bastards who can play, like, every night or three times a week, you know. Um, and I just remember that, like, feeling like I want to be connected to this. I want to know what's going on. I want to I, I want to see. And it's going to relate back to Adepticon. When I watched what happened with Adepticon, I felt bad for my homies but I also understood people feeling left out, you know, like in yeah. a very palpable sense. And so trying to hold the line this last week between, honestly, I have friends all over this community, you know, trying to hold the line, like between all these competing, I mean, let's call them what they are, the clicks. Like, yeah, they're fucking clicks. Like people, people will try to say that their community to give it some sort of like, well, everyone has their little micro community. I'm like, no, you have a fucking click. Um, like community, cares about mutual aid and understands that there's a broader picture. A click doesn't give a fuck. There's a difference there. And I think people need to be mindful of the difference. Um, Communities have, like, you know, like, they they care about a broader health, you know, through their grassroots, through what they can control, and then to help push that upward. You know, it's the opposite of something that might trickle down. It's, It's more like healthy growth upward. You know, the community base, the thing you wouldn't uh, be surprised to hear a fucking dirty leftist talk about a lot. Um, I view it the same way in the game, too. I'm internally consistent on this. I might be wrong. Could be wrong. But I'm at least internally consistent, you know, on this. No, I think it's, it's, it's a community a lot of growth talking. is... No, that's fine. Community growth is an important aspect, I think, especially of Games Workshop games. Like, I always look back at the fact that Blood Bowl, from Games Workshop's point of view, for example, didn't exist. Yet it was kept completely alive and massive in its own community with its own living rule book. Everything was looked after um, to the point that it got, got a game. A computer game was made out of it when Games Workshop still really weren't that interested in it. It was an amazing like achievement for a community to keep a game running like that. Yeah. Um, and when Age of Sigmar came along, um, points, no points scream while on your table have a mustache wear a funny hat get more points none of that kind of it just it was great fun if you were just having a mess about but didn't really when you go from fantasy battle which was incredibly regimented heavy with rules 
very dense, very dense amongst a system of of, yeah. of various dense games, right? Like there was exactly. a, lot, a lot. Like, um, go go ahead, go ahead. Sorry, a lot of like deep lore and quite uh, even though the even though from Games Workshop's point of view, the community was dying away, the game was losing its luster. I'm not saying that the hardcore wasn't there, but as a wider aspect, it, I can see why Games Workshop did what they did. Well, um. The and and this is this is a hard this is you know hard pills to swallow you know comic meme meme thing. Um, the health of a game isn't judged by the hardcore fans. The health of anything, because no. um, your hardcore fan hardcore fans are kind of hardcore fans. They're usually already invested. Uh, they oftentimes don't really have much of a compulsion to buy stuff. They just do it because they 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 want the thing or whatever. But like they tend to have backlogs upon backlogs to where like if the thing goes away they can just keep playing the game forever anyway like your hardcore fans aren't the health of your uh aren't the, for better or worse you know your hardcore star wars fans it's your hardcore whatever it is like because there's, there's still a there's still a warhammer fantasy about hardcore community yeah they don't need they don't need games workshop they still have events they still do their own thing yeah but as a gaming system for gw it was kind of it reached that point of kind of just implosion and it was just a bit of a mess yeah so i can see why they moved on but actually when they launched the new edition i wasn't involved in it. i kind of sat up from the background yeah i wasn't there either and, yeah. and i've kind of learned as i've kind of gotten more and more into things how it would the community got it going the community got it into a yes. tournament as you discussed in your in my your, pipe uh, bomb recent, as it were yeah dance. yeah um, but also mocomp and all that kind of stuff the yep. community built all that together yep. and then a games workshop kept stepped in and and ran with it again. So community, especially in these types of games, is really important. Mm-hmm. Whether it is your local community around your shop, your friends around their houses, garage Warhammer, or events and that, it's it's all about Absolutely. the community. Absolutely. So like I think growing from the from the ground up and trying to engage more mm-hmm. in the community and having people almost having some ownership of that growth. Yes. I think is really important. You can yes. get some leadership from the company and you want leadership because the more important your game is, the more support you'll get. But I guarantee you, if you haven't got a community back in your game, Games Workshop will stop building it. Mm-hmm. It just won't. It, it won't have the impetus behind it. See. So after a while, not instantly, but after a while, so the community is good, and I think the more we can do to kind of engage with that community, I think is great. So if we can kind of segue slightly into some of the stats. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, and and that's where uh, I. Like I, I tried to, to give it the, the community twist for my own personal rhetoric and agenda and, and dirty propaganda that I'm spinning here. Um, but like the LLV, you know, that, that, that was my first sort of encounter with that. I remember LLV and I still, you know, talking and him trying to get the stats from, from uh, the Alex G as I know him and Adepticon. And uh, he actually kind of talked about that encounter with Alex, just wanting to get the, the data of the armies that were played at that Adepticon. It would have been was that the 2018 or 2019. I'm trying to keep my time uh, centered here. Um, and I remember that, and 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 that's what I really like about what what y'all are doing. Quite frankly, I don't mind the you know the the fucking meta uh, check-ins or whatever Games Workshop does, but I like that this is a community project. Personally, like I, I'm the dirty anarchist, so of course I'm going to like give the middle finger to the big corporation. Don't want them to control stuff, but but. But I, I like the community thing and where you were kind of going with it. So, yeah, go ahead and, uh, you know, I, I interrupted you there. Um, no, that's absolutely fine. I'll just try and remember what I was trying to say now. See, I, you might have, like, the ADHD jumping from topic to topic. I just have the, the no brain cells where I can't remember what I was saying or my point. Because you're tired. I just, stare, yeah. I just stare at a wall yeah. for a bit. Well, well you, were, <laughs> you were essentially talking about um, 
like this sort of community agency, you were talking about that relationship between the company, uh, you know, reciprocating essentially like the community growth and the community uh, stuff, but then also sort of curating, um, you know, the, the data and, and, and on the community side was kind of where you were going. Um, yeah. So it's, so you'll know Matt Hammer is amazingly popular. People will, will literally game out what will beat what with their mates all the time. Mm-hmm. And I, I, so when, when Rob and LLB tried to do the stats the first time around, and they got quite a lot of information, it was hard for them probably to present it in the most engaging way. Mm-hmm. Um, the work they did was amazing. And I, they, they probably have had more data than we've got now because LLB did, did so much background work to get it was such a micro it was such a micromanaged task like llv was was messaging and i just remember in those days it was messaging every single to every single time like um you know this this sort of like uh uh you know the monolith that best coast pairings and ttto are becoming uh, were not established you know a lot of people still using war score a lot of people still using excel spreadsheets and you know like it was he had to he had to like hound people for this info and and um, and I happen to know that that LLV can be very singular minded in tasks in this regard, and so he just pounded the the literal pavement right away. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So go ahead. So what 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 yeah. So what Rob wanted to do um, was start that up again, but mm-hmm. have a bit more of a, a, a front end to it, if possible. So in my when you say front uh, end, yeah, when you say front yeah. end, can you explain that for me? What do you mean by front? So end? basically, the dashboards we've got. So on the web, on the website. Mm-hmm. Um, those dashboards are interactive to let you cut and change and see different things and all that kind of stuff. So it's not just an Excel spreadsheet. We see lots of numbers. We try to make it graphical to some point engaging so people can look through it and, and see all the different things they want. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of what I do for a living. So I work in market research, and data, data analytics and that kind of stuff. And presentations is quite a big thing that I, I end up doing. And I use this dashboard program in my day-to-day life. So it was kind of like, can I take... AOS stuff and merge it with my own like day job mm-hmm. and put something out there that's presentable. So the first thing was trying to figure out one, how to gather the data. So I think we had a conversation on this a bit earlier. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know the ins and outs of how LLV and Rob were doing it the first time around, but everything that we do now is built from a match by match basis upwards. So even the stuff you see is all the, the overall meta for the game by faction that's literally built up by player A with faction B plays player C with faction D in round one. So, and the next thing is player A, and it literally is that line by line of each match taking place. Yeah, you're, and then you can... You're essentially building build. a mesh ground up. Instead of going, this is how many, you know, like 100, army, uh, 100 people played this army and, and kind of zoom out, you're going like, you're sort of building this like almost like this this web and just and building it intricately upward, right? So, yeah, so if you start... so. You look at it from where what's the most granular level you want to look at, mm-hmm. and we couldn't get down to lists because, for all that uh, Warhammer Rob um, spends hours and hours and hours grabbing data for us at the moment, if I told them that I also want him to list out which units are in those lists as well, I think he might hunt me down and kill me. <laughs> so, so we kind of settled on what's the kind of the lowest level we wanted to go to, and that yeah, would be. Yeah. Um, pro- progress through through an event. What kind of sub faction? So, like a lowest common denominator, right? You're you're essentially yeah. solving for zero. Where is where do we start this at? 
right? Yeah, like this, and, and so if that's like faction and sub-faction view, journey through event, whether, what battalions they use, the ground strategies they use, how many drops they've got, whether they get first choice mm-hmm. in like on, on that turn one, depending on their drops. We kind of settled that as the kind of base level. Um, because beyond that, you literally are going into lists, into which units they're taking. And that's just one step too far. So we start at that point, and then it's how do we then get all that information? So whereas like other sites might just go, what are the placings or mm-hmm. this faction finished four and one, and that's it. We'll actually get each match that army played, who they played against, yeah, yeah. what faction they played against, what sub-faction they played against, how many drops were their opponent, what battle plan was it on. Right. And then you literally do that. So in a 50-person event, that's 250 matches that you're going to get 500 results from for factions. Yeah. And then you literally just record those and build it all and up. And you parse it so all, the, yeah. Yeah. So the, the, the struggle was, how do you get from Excel, BCP, tabletop TO in formats that aren't meant to be used from a data point of view? You get you can get exports. So we, we've spoken briefly with BCP. Garrett, um, yeah, have you talked to, to Garrett? He's, he's really good people. He really knows his shit. I don't too. think it was Garrett directly. I think it was someone working with okay. Garrett, I think okay. we were looking at what do CSV outputs work, but they don't carry the information we needed in the format we need because we were looking for more data around the, the list. So we'd end up doing the same thing, having to open the list up just to get. So, so we literally, is there some we inter- open every Sorry, list. Go ahead. Yeah. We open every list. So none of, the, none of the systems will give you accurately faction, sub-faction, battalions, um, ground strategy and drops. Yeah. So, so for every single match in our system, Warhammer Rob or myself sometimes has had to actually open that list, have a look at it, open the list. So when we've got twelve and a half thousand matches in there, mm-hmm. well, we've literally had to. So depending on how many, like, I think there's, a, there's at least a couple of thousand lists he's had to open and look at just since July. Cheapers. To get the information. That, that's so, so much. That's so much. That's so much work. It's so much man. It, it, like, there's so, so much human hours put into yeah. it. But what what that starting from the bottom lets you do is build something like this dashboard where people can dig into what they want. Yeah. Well, because now I can see like if I get first drop with this faction and the sub allegiance against that one, uh, you know what what's the win win rate in that scenario? Yeah. So, like, I, I can. So we've not put that in there yet, but yes, we've got that. So when the, some questions were flying around Twitter around, I think Halo asked. Uh, what's the win percentage when you've got first 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 choice? Yeah, and I was able to very quickly it was go like get that. Like 52 percent, something like that. It was it was a yeah, slight it's, skew. It's a slight skew, yes, for that. And then when someone else is asking what percentage of factions have a one drop or a battle regiment in it, we can t- we can tell you that. I can even tell you by fac- sub faction. I can tell you by where that tor- that that uh, army finished. So how many percent of five and O's in this faction? have a battle regiment i can get that so you can get really granular but you can also just start at the top so it really depends on how deep people want to go and i think the for me so what you're saying is you're morpheus and you're building the matrix or guiding us yeah the matrix. Kind of, yeah, yeah kind of like yeah all right all right so keep going <laughs> well, rob's doing all the work warhammer rob i'm just making the pretty end and i get to come on shows with you and and talk crap about it for a while. Well, um, Warhammer Rob could, could could come come party. I, I'm oh, I'm, I'm af- yeah. afraid I didn't. I, I'm ashamed I didn't, I didn't ask as well. Um, 
booking multi gas. Uh, so booking international gas is like one barrier, and I'm like, I have to book two international gas. My brain doesn't even compute it. Like you might be in the same time zone. It just goes two international gas. Now I have to accommodate two bizarro skit. I'm just like, nope, can't. Um, I I did that once where like I had like an Australian gas and I had like a German gas and I had and I'm just like. You know, like I found the the exact. You know, it was. It's like the uh, in Star Wars. You know, use the Force, Luke, and he just he has the one area he can shoot and and blow up the whole like the whole reactor or whatever. It was like that for scheduling multiple international guests. I'm like, my brain just checked out. No, um. So you do you you do a little more a little bit more of the build and and Warhammer Rob does the uh does the sort of the the actual data gathering and uh, do you share on the load of, of entry or, or how's that go? So. If if it's a really heavy weekend, mm-hmm. we'll both try to get some of the results gathered. But generally, one Rob's amazingly fast at this. He's kind of done so many of them now. He just kind of, I'm sure he's, he's got, got a some, process a, or something like that. Yeah, right? there's there's an Excel spreadsheet that I built, which basically takes the tournament information, the player information, and the round by round information, and you fill it in that, and it pumps out in some hidden um, sheets the stuff I need to put into the, d- the database. So mm-hmm. every tournament gets one of those sheets and it gets filled in. Now, there's other things that let you convert from from taking a copy and paste from B, BCP, for example, taking an Excel, and we've got sheets that then convert that all up to the format we need. So there's a lot of just too many hours work for that kind of stuff, considering this is all just for fun and uh, on, on the kind of on the side. But we don't mind that. So he does all of that. I'll help support in that where, where possible. Um, and then I just kind of take the outputs and then put them into the dashboard. We tried to update every week just to kind of give uh, from the previous weekend. We try to at least get out somewhere in the middle of the week yeah. the updated stats people to look at. Do um, you do you and Warhammer Rob have like a like a Kofi or a Patreon where we can just throw money specifically at y'all uh, for this? Because you're putting in a lot of Rob's got I think Rob's got a Kofi. I've not got one yet. We are thinking about something like that. Just to kind of if anyone wants to to buy us a coffee then yeah, we don't we don't have to like you know be like turbo shills here like I am with you know my merch and all my shit. But like, but I, like I do believe in the community. Um, I, in fact, I I have a lot of thoughts on on Games Workshop getting a hold of this type of data and and stuff like that because they have their own uh, data farming methods and and so on and so forth. But um, it, uh, I I just kind of reset it here. So you've got a pretty pretty gra- very granular. For first off, get a Kofi. I want to throw money at you. I want to be able to like link it in the thing, and people can buy you a well. I guess a tea over there, right? You you put you pour the milk in, you boil the milk, and you just a beer will do. Beer will do. Yeah, sure. We we need to throw some money at you. Uh, pay people for what they're worth. Uh, pay people what they're worth. Pay pay them for the labor. Um, and 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 this this is that crunching numbers makes my head spin. You know, I love data. I love numbers, but to actually have to uh, focus on them and and input them into a thing. You know, it's got to be grueling. Or is it because it's work? It's just like, oh, that you know, like you're able to shrug it off and keep doing your. She learned things doing this that have helped me. In, in my your, real work, your, the because, work that pays the bills, as I like to yeah, call the it, they're both work. Make, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, because you, you got with this stuff, you've got the the opportunity to try different things out. Yeah. How do I get this to work? How do I get that? So, like for example, oh, right, because if you break this, who gives a shit? A bunch of nerds are mad. Exactly. Like... <laughs> Exactly. The player rankings to actually get the rankings to be like um, to vary. So if I could change from different country to different faction, it would then re-rank everyone. Mm-hmm. That's a, a couple of different equations. Yeah. Now I can break this. It's fine. If I try to rank the stores by the the metric that I'm I measure at work and I fuck it up, yeah. And the data breaks. 
I kind of in trouble, <laughs> or I'm not going to hit the deadline for the report. So, don't tell Rob. But if I break this, <laughs> a, a few nerds start suddenly playing, uh, you know, Beast of Chaos, uh, 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 Gabe Spawn again, or something yeah, like that. Every, well. Everyone thinks Gits is great. Yeah, everyone right? thinks Gits is great. Suddenly, there's just yeah. All right. <laughs> and, uh, um, that's great. Kind of going to the, to the community point again. Um, yeah. So the whole point around, I guess, for me, and I don't know what it is for how it's the same for Rob and that, but I know it was one of the things I wanted to do. Is there's a lot of conversation what's good and bad, and I guess from the, the kind of person I am, I'd like to have that backed up. And it's mm -hmm. nice to have it backed up to a degree, right? It gives some clarity to the conversations that are taking place. Absolutely. Rather, rather than just I think you can right. say. And I'm not saying quoting the exact number because we've got to always understand this is a sample base. We're getting as many of the GTs as we can, two days, two K events. We yeah. don't get the, the one days because we just haven't got the time. It's all by hand. We we can't like we can't just get it pulled off and include the one dayers and that kind of stuff. So we go. To be we fair, do. I don't know how useful one day event metrics would be because I feel like a lot of folks use one dayers as a uh, experimentation. To go to yeah, the two years. So go ahead, go ahead. If it was in, if it was included. So again, this probably comes back to my, my day job. If it's included, I can parse it off, and I can actually look to see how different they are. Is there a correlation here? Is there? A... And if, if they're if they're not different, put them together. If they are different, it's another topic to talk about. Why are they different? What's what you what you see in one day? What a great insight. So yeah, in my job, you, more data is always fine. Because actually, you can get as much data as you can, and then you can compare it, you can cut it, you can you can slice it. So when we build, another reason why we start from the ground up is everything's tagged. So I can tag it as AOS 1, AOS 2, whatever you want, AOS 3.1, 3.2. I can put the, the dates of the, of the tournaments in there. I've got a record of the dates that any of the books release when the FAQs go out. And because it's all in there, I can cut it whichever way we want if you ever want to look at it that way. And so the more you've got info in there, the more you've got it tagged, and the right. more, you, more you've got reference sheets, the more you can start throwing stuff around. Right. Now, I learned that from my, my day job. And actually, it's what makes this stuff really interesting because I can tell you how the meta shifted from July through to December and then December through to, to now. Right. Or I can tell you how it shifted by the book releases. Right. For example, even though Stormcast came out at the same time as Iron Jaws, Stormcast didn't go big, big until after January. So there was a there was a gap. Whereas Iron Jaws went big straight away because well, everyone and had tailed it. off. Yeah, everyone. Yeah, had and it. then it tailed off. Stormcast didn't go big until after January, probably because of the painting met the requirements. The build. The, yep. People were buying dragons for Christmas, all that kind of stuff, yep. and then they hit after in January. That's a delay. And so it's interesting to see a book that has a delayed impact versus a book that has a direct impact instant instantaneously. Yeah. And by having everything tagged, you can actually look at that. Now that's quite sad because it's very staty, but actually it's, it's quite an interesting thing to look at. Right. Well, um, go ahead, go ahead. And I keep trying to get back to the, the community point because yeah, it's yeah. really important. It's that conversation. It allows people to see what's going on and have an actual, everyone's can talk from the same point of view. And it's not just to the competitive players. And I think this is a point that Rob, so um, Honest Wargamer Rob tries to say in his, his channel when we talk about it. It's not just competitive players. As the Goonhammer article stated, competitive players are a really small part of the entire community. Mm -hmm. Tiny bit. Yeah, uh, It's bigger people who, who watch competitive play and talk about it. But the rest of it's massive. 
I think we want to get to a point where if someone's starting out in the hobby, there's a reference somewhere for them to understand what's good and bad. And that's not saying you shouldn't buy a bad army. It's just having the expectations set correctly. Expectations are everything, yeah. If you go and buy Blades of Corn uh-huh. and you're not one of the top Blades of Corn players in the world, uh-huh. if you go and play your friend who's bought Thunder Lizards, just by chance, then the, the units they're going to put down are just going to be better than you. Yeah. And you might find an imbalance. And it, it's just having that basic information for people to understand that it's not, and it's definitely not saying don't buy what you love, don't right. buy what you think is cool. Right. It's just having some understanding of what you're walking into. I mean, like you said, kind of at the beginning, the more information is always better. Uh, we used to have these debates about which army is good, which army is bad, and people just pull shit out their ass. There was nothing to base it on, right? There, it was just, I feel like this is best, and like in my local meta, this player is the best, and, and so they win every all the games. And, and you're like, that army's dog shit. Like, I go to tournaments every year, and it's probably the player, bro, learn how to beat them. You know, like, and, and we would just have these conversations like that, and people were just pulling shit out their ass. Now, I don't think... um. I think data tends to be reflective, not prescriptive. If that's, does that make sense? Like, I don't want to go to the point where I'm, I'm quoting Mark Twain here, where I say there's lies, damn lies, and statistics. Because you can usually, you know, you can find an angle to, to, to cite, uh, cite a statistic or, or something along those lines to kind of support your argument, depending on how you approach it. Uh, you can omit certain factors, uh, you know. I don't, Absolutely. I'm not trying to say that. Um, but I wonder if there's like a no, no. I, I will, I will for you. Oh. This data is not the answer to everything. There are a thousand variables in a game of War, uh, Warhammer beyond the army units you put on the table. There's player skill. There's understanding, experience. There's dice rolls. There's battle plans. There's terrain. Just everything. Whether you had a cold that day or um, not, right? Like you know, shit we absolutely. can't. Absolutely. Yeah. I think. So uh, when we first started, I think this is also some of the, the kickback Rob eventually got with LLB as well. I, again, I'm only going off what I would assume happened. I don't know exactly in it. I have some insights into that, but go on. There's the, and I, we got it a couple of times when we started launching this stuff. Oh, it's not right. There's too many variables. You can't do this, that, the other. And there was actually a, a bit of a Twitter thing around it as well. And that's why on that page you're looking at there on the screen, Yeah, I put a disclaimer on there. Instantly, before I put any of this up, because I do it in my job. I, I understand what margins of errors are and what kind of outside variables are. Or there can be outliers, like where there's like something you haven't exactly. accounted for, and you're like, so, you know, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So that disclaimer is in there, because actually this is supposed to be taken as a guide. It's a compass. And over, you know it points north, time, but you don't necessarily, you know, it doesn't necessarily point east, yeah. west, or south, over, right? Yeah. Over time, trends, trends occur. So over... 25,000 faction results, right? So the entirety of, of AOS 3 that we've currently got, there are five factions doing very well. And actually, if you think about them, you wouldn't be surprised about that. Sons of Behemoth were amazing during the beginning of the of the meta. Legion of the First Prince, if played well, with a very small player base, is incredibly good as a control army. Um, Lumineth are just good. <laughs> I don't care about the price going up on Sentinels. They're still a good army. They were being used less, and some of the top players have moved away from them because they're a little bit harder to use now. That's all. Hmm. But they're still a very good army. Daughters of Cain are just Daughters of Cain. 
they're always going to be. Yeah, they're the fulcrum. They're they're just right. Like you've got this like teeter totter that every army is on, and like some of them like slide to one side and back and forth. But the fulcrum at the center is Daughters of Cain and yeah. the community. I'm, I'm sorry, I know there's some hot takes out there, but you just need to accept it and kind of like, you know, there's that like at some point in time, do you expect reality change or do you accept reality? And if if yeah. da- Daughters of Cain have just for six years, going on six years, I don't know where the official marker is, like July, right? For fucking six years have been good. Guess what? It's the exception if they're not good. The rule is they're good, so get used to it. So. And then you've got Seraphon, who were always solid, but then about two or three months into the meta, everyone suddenly cottoned on to Thunder Lizards yeah. and moved away from the, the teleporting summoning version. And suddenly it was like, oh, well, so, this, 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 this meta is designed around burst damage. Because yeah. we have to deal with we have to deal with Thunder Behemoth. So everyone's going for high burst damage, high output aggression. Thunder Lizards take a damage away. They st- they hang around. Mm-hmm. They've still got magic and they've got some ranged output. And suddenly that you can see the shift. And then suddenly everyone was crying and screaming over, over Stormcast since January. And just riding along, right beneath them, still racking up all the four and ones and all the really good performances yeah, and then with just... Seraphon. Who hadn't moved? Who were just sitting there, See, nodding away, laughing, laughing, having their best life, just taking those results in. I think this is a little bit before you came on, but I was always fascinated because this happened with uh, Petrifex Elite and Fire Slayer specifically. And the only reason I was aware of it because I, I uh, 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 Axolotl, aka Zerg, uh, and a couple other German players who are like top, they're they're like the top German players, top ITC like German players uh, uh, in there. Uh, uh, we're talking about like fire slayers in Germany and like how much they hated them and like kind of sharing like screenshots of like German ITC app and stuff like that. And I'm like fire slayers were sitting at like a 63 or like 70% win, just absurd. And even the global stats at the time, um, I think, I think that might've still been LOV's reign, uh, had them like five, six percentage points above, above Petrifex elite. And I'm like, they're winning the exact same way, except they also have a teleport. And like, I just yeah. remember the outrage was 100% on, on Petrifex elite. And like Mortis Praetorians also could like outpunch them effectively because they got the plus one save as well, um, and could do a little bit more damage on the table. Uh, but no one was t- talking. Well, rend is a factor, and rend goes up or down depending on, on the army you're, you're facing. Right, um, rend is on average better, uh, but in the aggregate with the uh, the the rerolling hits and stuff like that, and uh, and and the bonus damage on your catapults, Mortis Praetorians uh, could outpace them in damage. In scenarios, so it was like a, a tit for tat, uh, a meaningful choice as it should be, right? Like that's the good stuff. Yeah. We like that. Um, but like all the screaming and the rage was on on Petrifex Elite. Nobody was looking at Fire Slayers, and I understand nobody was playing Fire Slayers. Um, I believe there's this migrating eight percent of Death players that just rotate around whatever's good in Death at right. any given time. Um, and you could probably so back me up so on this. So blight are there now. So blight are the uh, yeah are the go to. Yeah, and you look at the representation. It's like it's always like because. Sometimes people, that migrating 8% diminishes a little bit each time that ball moves because, like, they find the faction they love and they're just like, yeah, fuck it, I don't care anymore. You know, and they, and they, and they like, I'm not buying my You're fifth right. death army now. I've sold Nighthaunt once, okay? Like, Nighthaunt's going to come out. They might actually be good. 
oh, fuck, I'm not buying Night Hunt for the third time. You know, and just like, so they're like, fuck it, I'll stay on Soulblood Gravelords. Uh, but I, I had this like hypothesis that there was just this migrating 8%. It was something I, I noticed when I saw the overinflated stats on Legions of Nagash. And then Fire Slayers came out and I watched the number of, of representation in the tournaments. Just kind of like that number, just like, it's like an old cartoon where like the, the, the bad guy runs in one door and the, uh, you know, the, Scooby, uh, Scooby Doo runs out the other door, and the bad guy, and they just yeah. keep. It was like that with the death players, and I would watch that happen. I was just kind of watching the data go, and it was like uh, uh, Legion of Nagash over. It was like fifteen percent or something like that at, at its like peak, fifteen percent of the meta, insane for one army, right? Just insane. And I watched like this eight percent shift, which is why I go to eight percent because it was my first visualization. If I watched that eight percent move right off of LON on the flesh eater course. <laughs> Like pleasure going zero percent or point zero two percent, and I watched, and I just watched like, and then I watched it go from like you know fifteen, and it was like seven, and that eight was just suddenly on flesh eater course, and I'm like, huh, and then like it happened again with uh, what was the one after that? It was uh, Osiric Bone Reapers. I'm like, Osiric Bone Reapers jumps up to ten percent, and I'm like, well, two percent inflation on account of you know new players, um, and then like, and then you watch that like the numbers shrunk from both flesh eater courts and. <laughs> Around, yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, bim, 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 bim. and I've watched this. I've watched this this rotation. So Soulblight Gravelords caught it. That that eight percent. I just call it the eight percent in you know capital letters. So I watched that eight percent just like bim, 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 like all the way over to Soulblight Gravelords, and it's it's just it just keeps going. It's so fucking funny. Um, but it was uh, but anyway. So I understand high representation of of Osiric Bone Reapers is part of the reason why why they were catching so much heat, and and I find it utterly fascinating the armies we will fixate on that are the worst army to play against, or the best army, or like, fuck this army, or this army's OP. And there will be some incongruency between what your numbers show and what the community latches onto. Like you said, like, Seraphon just, like, fucking, they just keep going. Like, plink, 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 plink. Oh, absolutely. Just just having the best life. And it's so it's, it's it's interesting, it kind of... So before I got into it, I missed the, the, the mega death armies of, like, just 70% win rates and all that kind of stuff. I, I didn't... I, I joined into this entire community maybe two years ago mm-hmm. when like COVID hit, I couldn't play with my mates around, around at their house and that kind of stuff. Uh, I think I, I started watching Rob's show. I watched your show a bit and then I kind of got onto Twitter and I tried started to kind of see what was going on around there. Mm-hmm. I've got, got banned continuously by Tomb King Tristan and chats for saying Tomb Kings deserve to be legends and that kind oh, of stuff. When but... I still, when I still, so the more content I made, the less I hung around other communities, right? But there was a period in time where I was still like making content, but also visiting other communities. Every time I showed up in 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 Warhammer, uh, 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 Honest War stream, uh, Tomb King would just like it was like a ritual. Like every time, like I would just get banned for like fifteen seconds, or it was just like it was the. I wouldn't say anything. I would just show up and like I'd say like, oh hey, what's up, you know, fam, and then just we, bam. Yeah, we, we just shouldn't, we just shouldn't give that man power. No, no, this is so. uh, no, this uh, he is a uh, proof in uh, what is it called proof of proof of premise. Uh, Tomb King Tristan is proof of hem- premise for why anarchism is correct. Uh, no unjust hierarchy, because uh, because no matter how good of a person you are, uh, hierarchy and power sort of like self insulates and will inevitably lead to corruption. So we need to yeah. strip away as much hierarchy and power as we can and dilute it amongst as most as many people as we can. Uh, in other words, Tristan should just never have power. I don't understand yeah, why they let I, him on on a podcast party at the All Points. That's just it's a horrible horrible decision. <laughs> He's just he just timed me out. <laughs> Thanks, Tristan. Love you, Tristan. <laughs> like I love you. You've got the microphone and everything. You're timed out in chat gang. Oh my god. <laughs> it's 
<laughs> oh wow these things happen <laughs> oh fantastic um, um yeah so, so yeah. the migrant is syrophon um i had a few questions but it sounded like you were a little bit on a roll there if you want to kind of close i was just going to go into the whole um so those kind of big death rolling armies feck when they were just eating everyone's faces so naturally it was just i start with one keeper of secrets i end with three and mm-hmm. your army's gone mm-hmm. I, I kind of caught the very end of those times. Yeah, and um, the end of the activation so wars, as it were. Yeah, yeah. So I was, I mean, it's interesting now. People are just so unhappy about the state of AOS, uh-huh. especially with long strikes and dragons. Yeah. But if you look at this stats and how it's been going, nothing's crazy. Yeah. So the problem to me actually isn't so much that the armies are crazy at the top. Because actually, they seem to be cannibalizing each other. There's always the counter. There's the yeah, natural predators. We called it a Magic the Gathering. Like you might have like and, um, the, the best deck, the deck to beat. But if you run into your 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 natural predator or the silver bullet, and there was enough in a healthy meta, there's enough silver bullets rolling around to where like someone's carrying your L. You know, someone's carrying yeah, that L, exactly. and you're either going to dodge it or you're or you're going to or you're going to hold that, and there's nothing you can do about it. Right. So continue, continue. Sorry. So to me. The conversation should be around those bottom armies mm-hmm. because the ones that really are suffering. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, if I was going to be shouting and waving your banner at Kane's Workshop, it wouldn't be nerve over nerf, dragon, nerf. get yeah. rid of yeah, yeah. long strike. It would be help these guys. Yes. And I it agree. was great. So Beast of Chaos got their update. So one in every 10 White Dwarf updates seems to be decent. Bound Beast of hell, Chaos. Hell. Rolled lucky and got no, theirs. No, it, it was uh, it was and... it, so far. It's been two, um, and it's been the two armies. Uh, I mo- uh, my two most recent armies, I suppose. I guess I don't know how. I'd, I, I, so far, it's been the two armies I thought that needed the most love most recently, um, uh, and and also Bone Reapers or Mushroom, um, but it was Soulblade Gravelord's got a good one. Um, nothing can save them for like having one bad lore, but like overall, the book is healthy. They just needed a little bit of nudge to stay relevant for the rest of three right? Like that's that's all yep. they needed. Just a little touch. They are they are nice in their army. They're yep. kind of not too good. Not fat, fat middle. Rain. Right where right where I pers- yep. I want to be. Where I've got a li- if I've got a little bit of luck, a little bit of gas, I'm in contention for best death. You know, nobody's headhunting me. I don't want to. I don't want to be. Nope. I don't. I don't want somebody silver bolding my army. Um, I want to. I want to be in every game. I want to make decisions. Um, and like if I run hot, if I make good decisions, I can. I can be in contention for best death. Not not going to be in contention yeah. to win the tournament because then I got to be on the gas. And I don't want to be on the gas. That's I don't want to play that hard. Um, but I like I like to settle right in there. That's personally where I like. Yeah, they've got they've got a nice breadth of their book. They perform well. They can rack in the four and ones. There's an occasional five and zero. Oh. Great range. Of There's models. also occasional bad bad results. Great models. So they're a really nice book. And yeah, just to keep them relevant for the rest of the editions, quite important. Beast of Chaos got a nice buff, and you can see it in their results. Perfect buff. They're taking t- t- back back into the middle now. Um, even like from January now till now, we look at it. They're now tipped into the forty-five percent and over mark. So they're in that kind. That's of the fat middle. We we established our Goldilocks yeah. zone for our game for whatever reason. We decided, yeah. what was it like forty-five to fifty-five was what we consider our Goldilocks yeah. zone. Other yeah, competitive yeah. games would be like you're three percent above. Disgusting. But here it's that's where we settle in. But we have a we have a yeah. far more multi-dimensional game than those other games. So I understand giving ourselves a little bit of a wider margin. The, the, the room for player error, the room for chance, the decision points. We're not playing a linear game. Magic the Gathering is a yeah. linear game. You know, draw card, play card, tap land, uh, you know, untap, upkeep, un, untap, upkeep, draw. You know, like, and it's just, yeah, exactly. you know, it's it's a very linear game. 
the the percolative sort of uh, decision points are all are, are all sort of factors of sixty. You know, like it's it's not the amount of factors you have in an AOS game. You're you're looking at factors of a hundred. Exactly. And like two hundred. So they they, yeah, they creep up. I, I hope that Nighthawk with their book get a lift in, into the way they need to be. Um if we see a Skaven book, I'm hoping they're gonna get a lift. I if believe the there. word I heard is from some sources have who have been correct before. Like they're correct, it's just if they're correct on the timing. Cause who knows what the pipeline looks like for Games Workshop right now. Uh, a couple of my sources there have said like yeah yeah Skaven. And then they wouldn't confirm for me if it was if it was like an Eshen thing or if it's like a relaunch or whatever. They're like I've already said too much type of so and, yeah, uh, yeah. and it was so, there's two of them who have both been pretty consistent. I, I don't I don't I haven't found a single source uh like that I'm not supposed to talk about about information that definitely doesn't leak because everyone's honoring the NDAs. Uh, Games Workshop, please don't cancel us. Um, uh, it, it, don't don't fire. It, it, by the way, it would surprise you who's leaking the information to me. Uh, they're probably not American, so if you're gonna like target a country, um, no, <laughs> Just, um, what might mean. be closer to home than you think. No, uh, but no, they've been they've been pretty consistent. I hear, I think, I, I heard Skaven is 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 in the works type thing, and it's just where they they are in the pipeline. And I think a lot of yeah. speculation is Skaven is is this the end of summer or, or fall army or whatever it was. So I think that's so to, to me they they all so across the board those armies need lifting up. Yeah, yeah. whether it's an update, whether it's a, a change, I can see what they were trying to do with the battle scroll. I will admit, my first reaction when I saw it was to laugh and think. So they're trying to fix their meta by putting bounties on people. Which that. is a, a very it's it's a weird way of doing it, but you know what? Some people like it, others don't. I'm not going to overly criticize it because I understand the limit. So, well, that's another topic I want to get onto is the maybe un- the understanding of the limitations some of the game designers are working under. Well, because there's like kind of... there's like two of them and two fucking interns. <laughs> like, yeah. like, it's like two of them, two fucking interns, and then like one fu- fucking head writer. Like, yeah, what do you expect? So I can see I can see why they decided to try the try this out. I don't think it'll really have that much of an impact. I think there's occasional edge cases where a a, a hunt, an underperforming army gets a good matchup against some prime targets, manages to to click over a couple of extra points on the right battle plan where actually you're already that close. Because there are some battle plans where if you win, it's a blowout, and there's other battle plans where naturally you're going to see close games. So I think that also plays into it. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing is, I when I saw this, my first my first read before I had like I had an emotional response, like my first read was like into, to intellectualize it, and then and then the emotional response will hit on a delay, and then and then I have to reintellectualize it to see, and that's just kind of my like ebb and flow, right? So my first blush read, or like my I'm not really paying too much attention, that like sort of initial, that first read was, oh, this is just for tournament players who are already close. My my first reading of it was like they this is just. This was designed for tournament play. They weren't looking at anything else. And I know they say explicitly, like, this is for match play. But I'm like, no, no, no. Like, match play is... Not all match play is a tournament, right? Like, match play is the broad... So so when I... Like, some people were like, well, of course it says match play. And I'm like, that's only if you think match play and tournament play are synonyms. They are not. This is rectangles and squares, right? Like, not all... Uh, you know, all tournaments tend to be match play, which is because there's narrative and shit, too. Um, but not... 
not all match play is in tournaments type thing. You know, like it, yeah, I played with my friends around their house. We used points. We used objectives. We yeah. collecting victory points. That's match play. Yeah, it wasn't a tournament. We were having fun. Yeah, our armies were optimized to win. It was a one-off game. Right, like two games in an evening or in a day. Yeah. That's still match play. We're still correct. using those rules. Right, correct. And so and, my 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 blo- my reading of this was like this is this is for tournaments. This is to inject granular uh, differences. Uh, is right right around the ITC announcement. I'm like, this is to get uh, better granular differences to 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 help split up ITC rankings. It was really like my only thought. Um, that was my first blush read. Go ahead. The great thing is that they identified the right units. They identified the right <laughs> armies that have problems. Well, here's now, where the emotional I, response I, happens because I'm like, I'll oh, listening. so they know where the fucking problems are. Those fucking assholes. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. They're, go just, ahead. they're just not doing anything about it or, or <laughs> within their control. Um. <laughs> but they just need to lift these armies up. I'm sorry, but you cannot have so many armies struggling so badly and then with good conscience sell those to new players. It it to me it's hard because it's no one no one likes whether you're a tournament player or a narrative player or whatever it is you don't like having I don't know if I'm allowed to swear openly. Absolutely. Swear. You know no one likes having their shit kicked in. No. It's like you don't want it. You don't want no, to, you want to feel like yeah. This this goes back to that illusion of of uh, illusion of engagement or illusion of will or illusion of choice. People want to at least believe they've got a shot, right? Like yeah. like and and I I think this goes in three dimensions because you want to believe you got a shot. You want an excuse to play with like even if your army suboptimal, just like, just give me an excuse to play with it. If I get lucky, I might win. And you just want people to actually be. Most people would just want to be in that headspace. People aren't playing at that like that high high level. That's why I kind of like I don't give a fuck about tournament players. This this take was in my uh, was in my my pipe bomb. I'm like I don't give I don't give a fuck about like the tournament players and and like the uh, that only care about five zero wins. They're gonna look at the five zero win. They know, you know, like they got it. You know, me- message received. Like they, they'll take care of themselves. And and that may, it might be a little like overcompensatory in my part. But but the competitive players tend to take care of themselves. They're they're seeing the game in a little bit different light. They're uh, they're bringing heat that nobody's thinking of yet. They're you know if 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 the win rate says this is a sixty percent win rate army and they're thinking about the meta, they're like okay, well, but they gave us the tournament pack ahead of time. I'm gonna show up with uh, all all fucking cryptors out of nowhere, and my name is Ben uh, uh, Bill Susan. I'm just gonna beat anybody anyway. What like they're just they're on a different level. Um, I'm well, not on that level. He's on his- He's on his side. Well, he's on his own so. separate level above, like, because there's, like, you know, A-tier player, you know, there's, you know, like, you've got your B-tier player. Uh, you, B and C is where, like, most folks want to be, right? Like, there's, you know, I want to drink beer, have some pretzels, game. Like, if I if I have a natural aptitude, I land on a B. A-tier is, like, it'd be nice to win some shit, but, like, I'm not going to, I'm, I'm not going to rotate armies as need be. I'm not going to, like, uh, you know, keep, keep my tech up. Like, A-tier is, like, really competitive. But they they're not gonna do the necessary extra shit to be locked in on. The, they're not gonna grind the five games a week. They're not gonna uh, try to stay yeah. on the new hotness. They're not gonna have like a extensive vault of all the existing armies to where they only have to buy new kits here and there. Like that's that's an S tier player. A tier players are like happy with like you know having like three or three three armies or whatever, uh, optimizing the fuck out of them, but really not doing the extra steps. That's S tier. And then there's Bill Souza, and that. The dude is like, actually, I'm just going to take regular-ass fleshier courts uh, that suck right now and, and just, like, inject some new tech into them. Or or not even new tech, just something people haven't seen in a while and beat them with it. Yeah. 
Uh, well, and, well, all right, man. <laughs> you know, like it's, um, but yeah, so competitive players that, that you know, the, the S tier, the Bill Souza level, even the A tier, they'll all kind of sort it out. The, this goes all the way back to like the health of your game. Is it the elites? Is it the the hardcore? If you want to take hardcore, I don't mean hardcore only means competitive. Your hardcore fan is the person who buys every single Black Library novel, no matter what. Every every release comes out. They're buying every white dwarf. Yeah. They still have a white dwarf. You know, like your hardcore fandom is not the same thing as your as your as your you know tournament or your competitive player fandom. But I guarantee you, I guarantee you, if if GW broke out their revenue, gate tournament gamers and competitive players are a tiny section. Mm-hmm. There'll be more money. Hobbyists is number one. Hobbyists and who who impulse buy or want to do, do some new painting or build up that pile of shame and play one game a year or whatever. That's where that's where their money is. That's what games workshop are focusing on. Right. And, and I think getting to your point, if I, if I, if I think I'm getting it correct, yeah, is where I was going with this. The armies, the armies need to, to work for the regular person, correct. and all the stats do, all the stats do, is give you an idea where they're not working. Right. Because tournament play and tournament players are the best play testers you're going to get. Because they will optimize, they will look for the cracks, they will look for the best synergies, and they will ram those into their opponents as much as possible to break them. The Blizzard... To literally crush them under their heel. And then that, that's what you will see with the stats over time, where uh, an army has either got too much going for it, or other armies just cannot cope. Well, and that will maybe not to the same extent, but it will show itself. It's like a canary in a casual game. Yeah, it's 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 a, yeah. like tournament players it's the canary in the coal mine. Like it 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 gives you oh like a sort of like a a bit of a warning that, you know, something's toxic. I, it doesn't necessarily what is toxic or what but it it's it you you've got the canary in the coal mine. Um kind of just just rounding out my point and incorporating it back in with yours here is is those tournaments they give you that good litmus test for like what's not operating what's you know where where those things are bring stuff up just like what you were saying before like i'm not as concerned with bringing stuff down i think between natural predators the the natural evolution of a meta a new ghb is a really handy way to to knock shit down like just new battle plans can change it will 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 yeah. rustle up the top tables pretty handily a new battle Interestingly, tome. Go ahead. A point I think someone was making in 40k recently, and I think it might have been one of the spy center, but it's something you always have to worry about with bringing armies down and nerfing them too much. Or it might have been FLG, I'm not sure. I was watching a couple of different podcasts today. Yeah. If you nerf the big armies too far and you release a new book, and there's no one there to deal with that new book because yeah. you nerfed everyone else down. Slanesh! Get- oh, oh, God. Where did that? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> That's when you get your problem. Yeah, because you've, as you say, you've killed the natural predators. You've, you, you've damaged them too much. You fucked up the ecosystem they were walking into. They didn't test Slanesh. <laughs> they didn't test Slanesh against beasts of fucking chaos. They were testing it against Ossiarch Bone Reapers, uh, Flesh Eater Courts as it was at the time, like Skaven as it was at the time. You know, like they weren't testing it against. Go ahead. It takes eighteen months to hit the hit to hit the shelves. So your production time for your books, uh, physical books, it takes time to get to get to the consumer. By that point, you've you've nerfed four armies. Uh huh. You've reduced the. You've listened. Field. You've listened to the idiots on Facebook, like screaming, and they have no idea. <laughs> this is another case for stats, by the way, because you know, well, people are screaming on Facebook, and you like look at it, and you're like, well, let's see what the stats say, and you like compare them. Now, sometimes people screaming on Facebook, you're like, well, what are the stats missing? Is this one of those exceptional? situations or are they just on facebook is this evocators again 
You know, like yeah. when they when they fucking nerfed advocators like into the ground. And you're like, you looked at the data and you're like, advocators aren't winning. Hmm. You know, <laughs> like you just you know, like that. There, you you've got to you got to. But that's what the data is. You know, it doesn't. Again, it's not prescriptive. It's not. It's not going to say this is all of reality. But you grab that data and you go. Well, let's see what the data says, and then you and you do some extra stuff. You 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 look at the data. Uh, you grab some new sample uh, sizes and you apply them to the data. You look at exceptions. You look at outliers, and you go, "Does this hold?" Good, but you need a fucking starting point. You can't just pull shit out your ass. That's what people were doing before. I lived. Uh, that's what TGA was when I got onto it. It was just people pulling shit out their ass. Oh, yeah. Um, and then LLV st- well, uh, 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 started, you know, pounding the pavement. That's what every results. local. That's what, that's what every local community is. Every little little local Facebook group, or so back back when I started, like in the early two thousands, into all this, it was your local gaming shop, your little group of people. That was your own little meta. That was your own little. Yeah, that was your data. That was your data. That was your. That was your yeah, stats. That was, that was whatever, empirical. Whatever. It was unshakable to you. This is practical data. Tested in the field, right? Exactly. Yep. Whatever was kicking your ass there was obviously broken. Right. <laughs> Even if it was the bad army, just a really good player, but that was the broken thing. That was the yeah. that was the thing that should be that should be fixed. Well, Not that back then games workshop fixed anything. It was good luck waiting until your next book comes out in five years' time. Oh but still <laughs> Oh god, so, Blood Angels. Uh, when I was I way. was playing Blood Angels, <laughs> um still it was a fourth and fifth ed- edition transition in forty K. Um and we got deep striking uh, land raiders. And my buddy gave me Land Raiders. He's like, you're the only Blood Angel player not running Land Raiders. And I'm like, yeah, because fuck tanks. I didn't, I didn't, if I wanted tanks, I'd be playing I, IG. I want, to, I want to fly at them and hit them with a fucking sword. What did you understand about this? And like, I guess I'll take some Melta bikes because they don't quite fly, but they do crack armor, and I, I have to be able to crack armor, so like, I'll have some Melta bikes begrudgingly, uh, but the rest of my army is going to fucking have jetpacks and swords. What's like, isn't that the future you want? That's the future I want. Like, uh, guns and tanks, dude. We can never see eye to eye. Uh, anyway, he fucking gave me fucking Land Raider Crusaders, um, because like, and 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 just people just me just losing their minds. I think back then I was still on the uh, was it Bolter and Chainsword or something like that. Uh, the better spiky bits, basically. Spiky bits was yeah. shit. Um, it was Bell of Lost Souls, and I think it was Bolter and Chainsword. Uh, and uh, and I just remember. Because I was just, I was ride or die Blood Angels player. They were space vampires, obviously. Um, and Necrons only had two kits when I started playing, so I didn't care. Um, I, I mean, they're Skellingtons. Skellingtons are super compelling. Uh, but I've got space vampires with a bunch of kits, and they're easy to buy. And, like, my friend will just, like, hand me his leftover space marines. Or I can go out and buy little blister packs at Necrons. Easy fucking decision, right? Like, I don't need to, it's not hard. I'm not, like... Osiric Bone Reaper is going to get their wave two, and I'm finally going to finish the fucking Castlevania Soulblight army, and I'm going to be staring at like Osiric Bone Reaper wave two, and fucking uh, Sarah McLaughlin's going to start playing like I will remember you, and like, and I'm going to look at my Soulblight Graveyard uh, Gravelords army, and my heart is going to get ripped out my chest, and like with this decision I have to make. Um, wasn't the case with the Necrons and Blood Angels back then. So yeah, I, I just always played them, and I remember the feeling of glee when that army got OP. Um, and this is the inverse of the uh, of the gosh ug story from earlier. This is the inverse of that. I remember the feeling of sheer glee as everyone was afraid of me suddenly. This army that only existed in a white dwarf, you know that that and now you have to like now I've got sanguinary guard and and fucking deep striking, uh, fucking land raider crusaders and just like. But then also I remember, literally no one could fight me, at all that currently existed. 
nobody could play a game against me as soon as as soon as I started playing the way that 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 battle tome was designed to be sort of bent and busted, and and just I remember like that glee quickly fading to like I'm not even playing a game right now. It's I show up at the LGS. I didn't go to tournaments uh, with 40k. Uh, I show up to the LGS. Um, I deep strike some land raiders. I obliterate my opponent. Um, they have no chance. And I'm like, well, I guess I can leave those off the table, and then I don't get to play a game. You know, like I, well, I, 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 I had the same thing. So I, I started 40k, uh, and I left around 6th or 7th edition. Um, you just I, when, it, when it got to the, the first turn, you're over kind of situation, I kind of gave up. Um and I, but before that, like fourth and fifth ed, I had a, 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 an elder army, and I played a lot of one k, either local tournaments or just quick pickup games in the store because you can get through them quickly. And I remember it was like it was three wave serpents, two falcons, two farseers, two units of ten die um, avengers in the the falcons, farseer each falcon, and then it was pick and mix of whatever I wanted to do, whether it was ten scorpions, ten fire dragons, or ten banshees mm-hmm. in the different in the, in the wave serpents. And I literally got to a point with how good the book was and in our local meta, in our local store, that I, I, for example, went down to a Games Workshop tournament, 1K tournament, and I did my games, and I could have played Iron Man and still won the event, because I lost 12 models across mm. all the games. Or we did a 24-hour gaming thing for the store, and I played Iron Man on, 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 the, on the table, and I stayed there for six hours. I remember uh, I had it was, it was that, that's how bad it was. I didn't have to get out of the vehicles. They were so quick and they were so harsh. And as long as you understood how target priority worked, so you just you kill one unit completely, hide, kill the next unit completely, and you make sure that the ones long range weapons that can hurt your tanks. And the rest of the army was so broken, it just stayed in the vehicles. And after about two or three months of playing that, it's like one, no one wants to play you. And then two, you just don't feel good playing people. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean th- this this isn't as bad. Like, I mean, AOS is. Um, I think there's some hot takes circulating, and not even hot takes. There's a debate circling uh, circulating around right now, two or three Right, that's that's the debate right now. Um, and whatever, I, I don't. I'm not really. I have an opinion, but I don't care to weigh in on it. It's. I don't. I don't think it's relevant, quite frankly. Um, you know, we're. To me, this. Uh, to me, fifth, uh, th- uh, third edition is going to be the lost edition. Um, it's it's either going to become refined into like a 3.5 type scenario, um, or the dominant perception of it is going to be, oh yeah, those were two years I spent in fucking lockdown, and then one where we kind of played it, and then the fucking new thing was out. You know, so regardless of if it's better or worse, I just I don't feel it's like the most relevant discussion to being be having. I, I do think we need to be at this point focusing on the operational aspect of Games Workshop's product. Um, I don't think so. And here's where I differ with like Rob Symes and some other folks. Um, I'm a uh, I don't know if anyone uh, I don't know if you know this uh, chat gang. Um, I really hope this doesn't offend any of my uh, what I believe to be reasonable conservative friends. Uh, but I uh, I'm uh, this is um I got to admit to something. I am a I'm a I'm a I'm a leftist. I, uh, I'm a not only am I a leftist, but I have a problem with like a, like capitalism. Okay, uh, so I just I had to get that off my chest. I've been keeping it in for a long time. I know everyone's surprised uh, right now to hear that. Okay, 
Um, so, and this is where I Sorry, differ. I have, I have to go now. I can't. Yeah, I can't be on here with you. That's yeah. just it's. Yeah. It's but, just... Oh, you're a, a, a Tory. I'm, you know, like look, Labour Party. <laughs> uh, you know, like uh, I don't Labor have Party Tory. <laughs> yeah. Um. No. It's <laughs> not getting into that debate. We've had hours of that. We're not doing it tonight. No, I'm. I'm. I'm fucking around. Uh, what I was gonna say is like um, but I'm not deluded. I know I live in a capitalist society. So when I, I see Games Workshop's business practices and people like run for the hills about how exploitative this company is and how evil they are as a corporation, I just like kind of go, they're a corporation. What do you expect? Um, and 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 having been around several nerd groups uh, throughout like a, a semi-professional career where I've made money across a spectrum of things from Magic the Gathering to FGCs to League of Legends, paid money to both Shoutcast and I was a uh, alternate, which uh, then became the Academy system for League of Legends. Uh, so I was an alternate for uh, what was then uh, Team Curse and what people would know as Team Liquid right now. Um, like, I've I've been there, done that. I've, I've seen these other companies. It, it, people keep looking at Wizards of the Coast as aspirational uh, and how they run MTG, and I'm like, you think Games Workshop's bad, and and like they're bad, co co consumer exploitation and and so on and so forth. But the thing is, is like those are just the check boxes of fucking capitalism. The to me, like the greatest lie Games Workshop tells is that they're a small company, and human power that is indeed true. Market share. For a niche, like, they, so they're considered in the board game category, right? That The highest being Hasbro, which is Wizards of the Coast. Um, something like 34% market share for Hasbro. That includes their CCG, Magic the Gathering, Dungeons and Dragons, and, like, fucking Monopoly and shit, or whatever the, the range of board games is under them, right? Plus their digital licensing uh, to make Monopoly the mobile app phone uh, game and shit. 34%, around 30%, 34% the last time I checked the numbers. Games Workshop, as just a minis company that just sells war game shit and then specialty games, was somewhere around fucking 17%. And then you have like, and then you have like a company like fucking uh, uh, Warma Hordes and whatever their parent company is, or if it, I don't know if they're fucking Paizo's at like five, like these like huge conglomo companies aren't breaking double digits, is the point I'm making. And the last time I checked GW, it might have been 13%. I tend to flip teen numbers really easily. But I remember them distinctly being the double digits. And I'm just like, holy shit. You know, of the totality of board games. That's yeah, not yeah. small. Now, I know no, board games not. are niche. You know, I know. But they're not a small company. They're, 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 a, they're a high margined, profit making, high net worth. Yeah, three point three point six five billion dollars. They could um, liquidate some. They could liquidate a couple of warehouses that are in torpor and, and go up to about five billion as like a like once they, if they were to liquidate five billion dollars, um, one billion dollars. Put it in perspective, you could spend a million dollars for one thousand years. Just to, just because you're already looking at like degrees of extrapolation when you start to contemplate one billion dollars. People can't even really fathom a million dollars. I, I kind of can because I own a house and I could be like, well, what would 10 houses look like, right? You yeah. know, like, I, you know, I can kind of fathom it. Um, but once you start like getting into the billions, it becomes unfathomable. It is an unfathomable amount of money. 
and their their profit margins above operational costs higher than Google, higher than Amazon. Um, now I know raw profits is something like net profits is only something like uh, like two hundred thirty five million uh, a year something something on there. It's they make a good amount of profit, about one hundred fifty million pounds hmm. last time. Yeah, they, so that would be two, that'd be around like two two thirty USD, right? For, for it me. might have dropped now recently. They make good good margin. They control vertically integrated. They control their supply chain. They control the production. They sell their own products. They're in a great situation as a business. They they have no zero problem. obligation to their license. The way their licensing agreement works, they reap all the profits. They don't have to throw anything into it. Um, yeah. Like uh, so, like. So, uh, like if you do the mobile app I, petition, I, you... I assume where I assume where we're ending this conversation around this point is the fact that why are they so expensive? Why do they do FOMO? Why do they chase people? And why do they operate the way they do? Is that generally where we're aiming? No, where I'm aiming is why the fuck do you? What did you expect? <laughs> like, like what the fuck did you expect? Um, like it's it's a like there's a as a lefty there's some amount of complicitness we all engage in in capitalism at any given time you know everyone knows the old adage like there's no uh there there's no ethical consumption under capitalism that that is not a a freedom to not be responsible with how you interface with reality and stuff like that that's not but like when you think again this these this company doesn't care about you maybe specifically uh you sam pierce cares about you you know maybe specifically even Ben Johnson gives a fuck about you. Like any one of these public facing individuals might truly love you in the community, but they're not the ones. As, as a quick answer to Hades, you're spending $84 on a book because you'll spend $84 on a book. Correct. They, they know. That's literally it. <laughs> they know. They, they know exactly where their break even point is. They know exactly what the market research says and how much you are willing to pay for plastic and cardboard. And you'll keep paying it. And you did. Then they price hike every year, which is every company's going to do that. Whatever. That's just capitalism. I don't. I don't get. Ex- yeah. I don't get angry until they go outside of the threshold of what I expect for normal capitalism. I guess is where I was going personally. I'm like right now in bounds beyond belief. Yeah. just kind of like yeah. You just have to we, like hit, yeah. Like we hit Nestle levels. Yeah. Kinda. Like as soon as you like start selling like black arms to literal like literal terrorist cells like fucking Coke Coca Cola. Um, <laughs> um, no, you think I'm speaking hyperbole there. No, like fucking <laughs> Coca-Cola has like fucking what? black market connections. I, I, will, I, will accept, I will accept the corporate nature of the business because that's what it is. I just want them to pretend to care a bit more. Correct. Yeah. And, and then a little bit more, a little bit more. So there's, they can, what they're doing now is perfectly fine for them to make their money. They're going to start losing money because I think that the, well, COVID's going to catch up. Yeah, it's going to catch up. Gonna, it's going to drop, and that happened to everyone. So, the company I work for saw great online sales. We have a. I need to be careful here. We are not the best online, but we saw a boost in our online sales. COVID finished. Choice came back. We saw a drop. Now, maybe or maybe not, my company thought they'd, they'd hold on to that, but we haven't. Mm-hmm. And I can tell them exactly why they haven't held on to it because that's my job. I look at the customer yep. feedback and all yep, that yep, kind yep. of stuff. So now we're trying to fix it because actually I said. You're not going to hold on to it. They went, yes, we will. Six months later, I've said, you've not held on to it. They've gone, why haven't we done that? And it's like, well, <laughs> look at all these data. I had yeah, data. Yeah, here you go. Um, 
Your eye, you know, your glasses suddenly blotted out your eyes, and like you had to like you were suddenly like underlit and backlit at the same time. Is like your your eyes just become completely silver, and you're like, well, I have the data, and you just like lay like unfurled dossiers on the table. So, the games workshop will see a drop off, and also costs are going up, and they do have some impact on you, not a lot because they control their own manufacturing, but there is still some raw cost in there. Now, whether that justifies price rises, that's a completely different. Topic yeah, I, yeah, I'm not, and and um, even. I, I, but, they Can have I... the money. They have the money to yeah. to invest in their games development. I know they say they're a miniatures company, but when they're talking about joining with ITC and they've talked about they're now launching right. their own tournaments in the, in the U.S. and that all a they mistake. Go ahead. Purposely stepping away. <laughs> they're purposely stepping outside of the we're a models company line. Yes. Because now actually you're engaging into the competitive tournament scene or match play scene. Right. As soon as they start doing that. By rights, there will be more of a focus on their the quality of their game design, and they should they should start spending a little bit more money to support those people, right? To make right. them their job easier, so they can deliver a better game. They want to deliver good games. I guarantee you, the people working about oh yeah to yeah deliver yeah, and it, whatever you can. want to say about uh uh, I think Jervis Johnson retired or something like that. Whatever you want to say about Jervis Sam Pierce, like they want to sell you, a good, they want to make the best game they possibly can. It's can they or not? And same thing happens in video games. Uh, now there are certain AAA companies like they get no sympathy for me at any level. Uh, the, the employees do, but those companies don't. Um, yeah. But like when it comes to like your your like double A or, or like or single A studio, there isn't anyone in any of that infrastructure that doesn't want to like make or sell a, a good game. They might have conflicting ideas, yeah. and and some of that that like rubber band effect of like, well, my good ideas over here, your good ideas over there, and then they're like, well, we'll meet in the middle and just snap and you don't get anything. Just go strong, hard in the paint one way or the other, and you're gonna make something great, but you know that, you know that rubber band effect. Like you can stretch it so far before you, it's going to snap back. You know whatever. You can't pull it completely in two different directions. Um, but I, I don't think anyone who gets hired for a fucking multi-billion-dollar game company on purpose, like their their job is like, I want to design games. To yeah, yeah. Well, no. Sometimes you know someone. You're like, hey, you you're good at copyright. Like, you know, I can get you. You know, yeah. I can get you like fifty thousand a year, whatever your seventy-five thousand a year. Uh, you know, just just come and, and write copy and and release like fucking uh, white dwarf articles. All right, cool. You know, like there's some of that going on. There's always there's always some some degree of nepotism. And I know some people aren't going to like this, but um, you want to know why Ziggy's on here instead of instead of Warhammer Rob? I know Ziggy better. It's nepotism. Yeah. My bad. My bad. <laughs> Sorry, Warhammer <laughs> Rob. Uh, we <laughs> no um no so it's it's um. No, like, like, there's going to be shit like that, but I don't think anyone who, like, in, goes into gaming wants to make bad games. They have their opinions, and they're, they're going to go in different directions. The, I don't want someone to get the wrong read on what I was saying about capitalism and, like, our degrees of complicitness, okay? And and when Games Workshop goes out of bounds, then call me type thing. Because I think they're going out of bounds is kind of where I was going. Um, and I don't think any degree of capitalism is really acceptable. I'm just... You just aren't going to, like... You're just the not going to surprise me. Yeah, you're just... You know, um, so, uh, uh, so anyway, um, with Games Workshop, they, they have the capital and the monopoly, basically, you know, they're, they're, they're essentially, what is their competition? What's their next highest market share? Do you want to know why the old world's coming back? Because Ninth Age or whatever the fuck started and, and Kings of War started to actually create a market for them to crush. Yeah. Like. They, 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 right, so they're basically they've got their market, <laughs> and they, they're seeing these people over here that are still doing something. They're like, "Well, 
if we just go back to the old world, mm-hmm. we'll just we'll just bring them back into the fold. We'll, yep. we'll just scoop them back in yep. and see what happens. Just, it, just, it, it's, just bring them in. It's the Amazon slash Walmart thing. They don't even care about profitability there. They just they're not even looking at profits in that scenario. They're looking at market share and they're like, hey, look, they they just they just made these like condos over here and like you know a nice little park. Mine now, and they're just like fucking buy it. Yeah, but they're not stupid. So they did this with Blood Bowl because it's no surprise that Blood Bowl came back as a board game when Guild Ball and other games were popular. Now Guild Ball screwed itself, but they were still there. There was suddenly a open market of people selling something that was kind of Games Workshop. Yeah, they were like, you know what? Let's have Blood Bowl, and it literally killed it. Just slammed it down because they all went Blood Bowl, and they ran back to it. Uh, the nostalgia and everything else. The Star Thanks Wars, uh, the Star Wars uh, squad game, uh, the the minis like aerial Legion. spaceship. Star Wars Legion. Yeah. Yep, Star Wars Legion. Oh, the, and the games where the releases. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's fine because they've got all this these games which they can bring them back. So what happened is they cut all those games in the hmm. bad bad years when they they didn't manage certain licenses very well. They kind of overextended. I worked for them at that point. I, 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 I held my hand up. I was it worked in store for Games Workshop for a number of years. You bastard. My early, early 20s. You're suddenly, um, you're, now you're suddenly a corporate overlord and I can't trust you anymore. No, I'm kidding. No, exactly, keep keep yeah. going. No, trust me, I was there for the, the weight-ordered models. That's why I was there. Because mm-hmm. there was nothing so fine as being able to buy your models on weight. Mm. No, <laughs> I think, I mean, part of me for a Games Workshop is they're not stupid. Um, in no, they might absolutely not. They, like people think there's they're not a stupid company. They there's nothing about the numbers that tell me this is a stupid company. When I look at like sort of like the objectives of of capitalism, you know, like you know they yeah. they control their supply chain. Like uh, they made a couple like kerfuffles there trying to like save some save some money, but like kind of everyone made those same mistakes, buying into the same sort of like globalist grips, uh, sort of the same uh, globalist pushes and trends. Uh, and then, like, other things happen, you know, uh, Brexit and, and COVID and blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, they've had their setbacks. They, they haven't, like, crushed it. I, one one person said that, like, yeah, but are you going to, like, commend somebody for making, like, $5 when they can make 10 And I go, yeah, they still made $5. And, and whether you want to judge them on how much they could make and that being a mistake – I will leave that up to the discretion of my viewers, uh, my audience, of chat gang, of whomever. Um, fine. Sure. I, I will even concede the point. Go ahead. There's also, even if you... So there is a way around this where capitalist intent can still develop a good game. Well, that's where the market share, game, the, the Amazon approach. They don't even... Game. So go ahead. Go I was ahead. going to go with Amazon. But Amazon spent years convincing their shareholders that they would not get the dividends. Ten years. They would get no dividends. Yeah, no dividends, no nothing, and everything was plowed back in to their infrastructure, their warehousing, the logistics, everything like that. Uh, notably, after- notably, their algorithm development. This is where where yeah. they were they were highly trying to develop the web store. Uh, it was kind of all yeah. hands on deck. Yeah, go on, go on, go on. This is a great it was, story. It was just it was just money straight back into the business. So it's like, yeah, we know you want dividends, but you're not going to get any. You're not going to get this big profit either. We're just going to hammer this money back into it. Yeah, uh, so Bezos after, delivered the long... speech personally. <laughs> Go, yeah, yeah after, so after all those years, they get to a situation now where, wow, wow, you can see if you ever look at their their like their information, their profit, it just it just goes flat, 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 almost near nothing, and then jumps up because they've reached that point where all that investment pays dividends. Mm-hmm. So you can see something similar in the games workshops development if they were to invest heavily in their game development and maybe bring prices down a bit and expand their community build. 
to hook more people in. So you've got that trade-off between lower sales, higher margin, or higher sales, slightly lower margin. I'm not talking about cutting it from a 30% margin down to a 5% margin. Yeah. Just a little bit. Yeah, 10%. Just, just to hook yeah. people in. Yeah, just put that 10% then, into your into your rules team, right? Like put that 10%. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Develop a game system that's like top end because you've got the money to. You're not you're not scrabbling around. They have plenty of capital. Hire yeah. more team. You can yeah. build a massive team and play. You can do all that. So the long-term situation is long-term growth. But Games Workshop play very heavily in the short-term dividend stake shareholder value game. And you can see it in their business practices, which again, it's absolutely fine. They're a business, that's what they're there to do. They've got a fiduciary responsibility, but they are playing the short game rather than the long game. Mm. And that's where the frustration comes in because you can see how well they're doing off of a less than ideal product. And you know they could do better, and that's the frustration. Yeah, it's it's like competing in the in the uh it, it's it's like competing in the like in the juice market with just regular ass water and you're like what the fuck are you doing here you know like they're just like they're it's 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 insane what they're again they're they're very good but they have a, a very specific focus and i i think that they uh, again i think they they um i do think they focus a lot on market share and like just sort of snuffing out competition at every and i think that's part of why we see the short short term uh plans because anytime yeah. that they they kind of monitor the, the the trend and they're like okay this and they're like we're gonna keep an eye on them put a pin in that and they're like okay now they're here crush them you know and they're just you know like I see a little bit of that going on with with their business practices my for, for and and so like I want to divorce from the the you know inner workings of capitalism and and you said a really great word there anti fiduciary and this is uh, this is important when you're trying to understand the agency of a company the answer is it has none. Uh, it's not an entity. It doesn't exist. This is why they. This is why you need to roll back fucking Citizens United. It's not. There's no will there. Fuck. Sorry. Um. Uh, I blacked out. What happened? Uh. Was it the Mass Effect rant again? Mass Effect. Was it? Did I? Or was it capitalism? What? What happened? Just remember. Just remember. You should always, <laughs> always keep in your mind, right? That OBR deserved the nerf. <sighs> only because I'm contractually obligated. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. only because we raised, you know, over $10,000 so, for mental so, health. So, so when we talk about how a company's required to look after its shareholders, just remember that you're required to acknowledge it's true. that OBR deserved Yeah, yeah folks folks weren't buying stonks because <laughs> us here at Bone Reapers were getting over-hated on uh, by a bunch of idiots who didn't know how to read fucking stats. Sorry. Um... <laughs> Um, no, I, I just want to reset this a little bit. Like, you're right about the rules thing. You're right about like, um, and I'm I've been like just throwing in like little hot takes and quips about how I don't like them direct like assuming direct control to to go off a of mass effect. I don't like them assuming direct control of the, of the tournament scene. I just want the company to make the rules and make the game and like throw stuff like to the community, like community outreach, like just throw prize support, you know, throw trophy. Here you go, have shit. Throw swag, advertising bags, whatever. And I want them to stay the fuck out of the tournaments. Um, this is a company that currently people don't trust to release the correct battle tome, don't trust to release a white dwarf or uh, article, don't trust to release an entire army, um, and you, you fucking trust them to run your goddamn tournaments? That's fucking curious to me. Um, okay, that's a, that's a at choice. I'll 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 abstain from from the argument on that point. I will. I'm not I'm not conceding the point. I'm just gonna back off it for a moment. I think. I, I think to, sorry to go on to that point you got there. Um, 
it's I think it's more the fact that I think we've always got to remember that the vast majority of the Games Workshop community like Games Workshop and think they're great. So actually, there there is something about being seen to be associated with Games Workshop, which gets you the clicks, which well, gets it, you the attention, this happened gets in you the, the name and the prestige. Yeah, exactly. But I think sometimes in a, in a, in the bubble of competitiveness and the, and the the online community that we're in, we sometimes forget that there's a whole community that isn't engaged to that sure. level. Sure. Is it just engaged but... on the brand of Games Workshop and having something like ITC and tournaments attached to it is good for those companies because they get to tap into the yeah, larger yeah. sedentary market, even if they're pissing off the smaller. Vocal market, if that makes sense. It, it worked great when Wizards of the Coast fucking uh, uh, bullied the shit out of Star City Games, who by all measures ran the way better tournaments. Worked excellent when that happened. Oh, uh, all the Pro Tour players fucking quit. Because uh, they fucking got used up, shit on, didn't get supported by by the company, just got used as a commodity until they were expended. Uh, all the tournament's qualities went down because they were now united under one banner, which is what fucking happens under monopolies. Like... You think it's going to be like, like fuck, man. Like it's 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 insane to me that like a lot of the people because you're talking about like so most people do think Games Workshop good, and this is a very important point of the the Adepticon discourse. The people I saw was a very narrow margin. It was the people who are on Twitter specifically, basically for competitive or hobby stuff, right? Almost exclusively, that's why they're there. Uh, of a 200-person AOS tournament, and I'm rounding up a little bit. I think it was like 180 or something like that. Uh, of a, of a, who knows? We don't have the data. <laughs> uh, 200, uh, 200 people. Uh, I, I've got the lists. I don't know if you saw, like, I, I like a Mission Impossible yeah. style, like, next to the Hershey's yeah. bar and everything for scale. Like, I, I grabbed, I'm like, fuck it. And then I got caught last minute, so I had to, like, fucking, like, do some jujitsu shit to get out of, like, the lasers that they were, like, deadlocked behind. Um, but it was, it was harrowing. I'm, I, I'm okay. Um uh, the pinky will heal. All right. Um, but 200 people. I don't know, like maybe 10 of them? 50 of them? I'll, I'll, I'll go like, I'll go, uh, I'll overinflate the number just to, to you know, make the point skewed in favor of, of, of what would be the opposition, right? 50 of them are on, on, on Twitter. And, and half of those are on my feed. Because I curate my experience, I, I I talk to people who talk to people. Twenty five of them are in my feed, right? And then it's a lot more people who have fucking opinions about that shit than those twenty five, right? Um, and it's a very specific demographic that is engaging in my Twitter feed. And this thing is happening where the same people I'm used to seeing criticize Games Workshop is suddenly siding with Games Workshop in, 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 in this instance. And the thing that, like, folks know what a chain of command is, right? And you mentioned yeah. that something like an Adepticon or any tournament is going to want the prestige of being able to say, GW did it. And for, like, my highly curated experience on Twitter, we're the type of folks... Um, we're the type of folks who see that the tournament scene is more than just if Games Workshop gives the thumbs up or thumbs down, right? We know yeah, that the, the right. blackouts exist. We know that, uh, well, they might be affiliated with Games Workshop now. I don't know. But at the time, they weren't. You know, we, we know that, uh, you know, the, the, the Brew City Brawls exist, that the Summer Slaughters exist. Like, we know that all these uh, these events that kind of exist outside the web of Games Workshop. And so then, like, when we see Games Workshop sort of, like, directly be involved with a thing, we're like, well, what the fuck gives? And we forget that perspective of that other 150 and then that sort of 
extrapolated do- data out from that, that 150 who all, all they see games workshop at tournament. Right. Yeah. That that's the dominant sponsored perspective. By games that's it. Sponsored yeah. by games. Yeah. Workshop. That's the dominant it's, perspective. It's, it's, it's not our perspective. It's, it's not the, legitimacy. if you're listening to and watching a, in a rant cast at, uh, uh, at 10 PM for me and like 5 AM in the UK, um, you're not that you're I'm sorry you're not the layman. Um I hate to break it to you. Uh you are not the casual fan. Uh you have a problem and uh I hope your life is in balance. Um <laughs> But no, like and and I think we omitted that perspective in our outrage. Well, the company should, you know, uh Adepticon should have said fuck you Games Workshop if they were going to run soft score tournament, right? And it's like it wasn't their decision. Does anyone understand that? Does does anyone get that point right now? Uh, the the big three point six five billion dollar company said the thing, and you either get with them or they find or, or or they or they kick you out and they bring somebody else. You know, like yeah, yeah. And 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 you could make the criticism. Well, then they should have. Uh, you know, they then they should have bowed out and let somebody else run. Or you could. I guess you could make that point. But then I think you're kind of being uncharitable. Um, you know, like it's, it's, but the heat's not on games workshop. I understand they didn't make the mistake, but again, this is, this is a, this is the, the, this is the siren's call that the majority of people hear. Let's also to be very clear here. And again, I don't take this as a, a slight on any of the people working at games workshop as in the, the doers, they haven't got a clue how to run PR. The moment anyone saw that stuff kicking off on Twitter, mm-hmm. at all, mm-hmm. Games Workshop, for the cost of what it is, should have stepped in instantly and said, "It's okay, no problem. We've got this." They could have cut it because off. it costs them nothing, mm-hmm. and it makes them look amazing. It is a instantaneous PR win. What What have I told you? Adepticon paid for the golden ticket, the second one. Oh yeah, I know. Yeah, I've 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 seen all this stuff on Twitter, but to me, it was just like Games Workshop didn't even pay. They just got, they just let it simmer. They they put the space in there, so now we're going to have extra space. But you're going to you're going to have to foot the bill yourselves for your mess up. Mm -hmm. That is a PR nightmare. They're just not good at PR. They're not. they, They haven't got a developed marketing department. They have. They don't employ. I don't think the expensive PR people you need, I, because you hire in a good PR person, uh-huh. as an internally costs more than the twenty to twenty five thousand yeah, pounds they paid. Get that, get that you six figure salaried PR like guru who's like an Instagram influencer who just knows how this shit works. Bring them in, right? Like who's got a business I, I, background I, I, and like I, a media. If I'm wrong. If I'm wrong, I'm only going off assumptions here because they didn't jump on it. I'm going on, and so if I'm wrong and they are in there and they've got other plans, great. But from from the outside looking in, that was a PR mistake. It should have been an instantaneous, yep. easy win. E- slam dunk. Like, and and whoever was to blame, they come out smelling like roses, right? Like they're just, oh no, yeah. allow the benevolent Games Workshop. Uh, the plebes made the mistake. This is why you want us running your tournaments, and then like, and they just like throw money at yeah, it. Right? Exactly. Yeah, easy, simple. Yeah, not even throwing money at it. They're literally reaching down the back of the sofa and like pulling out some coins. Yeah, yeah, it's nothing. It's yeah, it's so nothing. Simple win. Yeah. So they messed that up. So I, I think the point you're getting at though is true. We don't sometimes consider the view of the mass population of of our of our hobby community, right? Who see things differently. Yeah. 
than we might do. Yeah. yeah we have a very um, fixed point. We're very close to it, you know. Um, absolutely. And this is coming from someone who two years ago was in that mass community. I, I think that's valuable, though. I didn't. I didn't know there was a competitive scene, really. If I went to a tournament, it was a one-day with my mates to have some fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I like... I played at my mate's house. I looked at some White Dwarf articles. I read some books. I had a bit of a talk with my mates about what was good and bad in an army when we got it. I didn't know anything about the meta at all. And that's that's it. That was it. That's all it was. Mm-hmm. And it was something fun for me to do. Now, I'm more involved. I can The stats help me kind of understand what's going on. I see everyone on Twitter. I, I speak to you. Or listen to Rob's show. Listen to Haywo, Vince, all that kind of stuff. Plugged in. Mm-hmm. The plugged-in community is tiny compared to the mass community. And Games yeah. Workshop, to be perfectly honest, probably don't really care about us. They care about the mass community that will make the money. Yeah. Who love their who love their reveal articles. Who like oh yeah the the, the rumor engines those aren't made for us. Oh. All that stuff. They love it. They lap it up, yeah. right? And that's fine because that's how the company is going to hopefully grow. And actually, if the company grows, maybe eventually they'll invest more internally so we get a better game. Right. But that's the difference about when we start having our like meltdowns about things. Yeah. It's because we are a tiny proportion who has a big voice in our sphere. See, interesting. Um, Hades... Yeah, we did. We talked about the the stats, as in how I gathered them with uh, Warhammer Rob. What we look at, um, it's not really much point going through the kind of what's good and what's bad as an army and that kind of stuff because it's all up online for people to see. Which I guess is the whole point. We wanted to make sure it was up there for anyone to look at at any point. Um, you can very quickly run off the fact that there's five armies that are good. Unbelievable! Edition since January. Actually, it's only about two that are a bit of a struggle. Uh, you're looking at Seraphim and, amazingly, Big War, who are not played as much but seem to be doing quite well in events. Um, you've got those armies struggling at the bottom. Darkling Covens. Depends. What is Darkling Covens? Is that a, is a Sigmar? I'm really bad at this stuff. I, I can tell you, I don't know. Mephesto, what's the Darkling Covens? Uh, they're they're Dark Elves, the the old Dark Elves. Oh, is that the Cities of Sigmar? Yeah, they're within the Cities of Sigmar purview. They used to be their own army back in like 1.5, 1.0. Okay, because there was a question in there, and I stupidly, being some person who looks after the stats, I don't know what they are. Hmm. Which isn't great. Let's see, Cities of Sigmar, Darkling Covens. Did we we talked stats, but we were, we talked a little bit more about the nature of stats than actually like the stats. The stats, like I don't want to take heat away from Rob Symes. It's like half his content every week, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fuck with that. Um, like you, I'm not well, gonna. I was I was saying there's not much point in me spending time going going through them because they're all up online. If anyone wants to look at anything, yeah, the website's there for you to see it. Like it's it's just it's just hanging out here. Um, you know, number of tournaments Sorry, by months. October's really the hot month, huh? It, it was coming out of uh, lockdowns in lots of places, yeah. so lots of events trying to well, kick I, off. I, so, I mean, there, so that I mean, that's an interesting point just to begin with. Like, obviously, correlation and causation, you know, not not the same thing. But when you get when you sit there and you stick at data and you're looking at data all the time, you can't help but try to look for like corollaries, right? You know, so and, like you immediately identify like, well, the correlation around the, the correlating event around this time was like coming out of lockdown, so everyone threw a tournament right there, right? 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that, yeah, that, that's, a, that's a standard kind of thing in, in analytics. It's, it's correlation and causation. Mm-hmm. And to be perfectly honest, with the, the data we've got, you're looking at correlations and then you use your, your knowledge and your experience to look for the causations. So that's why it works quite well with, with, with Rob on, on his show is, I'll be perfectly honest, I do not know the ins and outs of armies as I just proven proved by not knowing what Darkling Covens was. Mm-hmm. I just don't know it. I don't know how they all play. I don't know all the details. I've not watched that many games. Rob has. Mm-hmm. So I can show him some data and he can then think back and go, well, I think it's because of X, Y, and Z. Now, it's an opinion, mm-hmm. but he can start He can start looking for the causation well, well, behind right. any correlation. Yeah, well, that's that's the exact... I mean, that's the lies, damn lies, and statistics, because I might look for a different correlation, right? You know, I talked about... That's fine. Yeah, my migratory 8... My migratory 8% of, 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 uh, of death. Complete and utter bullshit, but I can... Like, you can actually look at the numbers cyclically go around like that and migrate from things. But what isn't necessarily like represented is like well maybe that eight percent's coming from maybe that eight percent growth is just like uh, some trend in uh new uh, uh uh people getting into the game like we just we don't have enough data points for some like of these broad sweeping generalizations that we make sorry go ahead we, we don't have the general we don't have the granularity so for example you i can find you co- correlations in data i can't find the causation because i don't know for example in each of these matches what happened mm-hmm. was it a dice roll what was the army composition how did the how did the turn go? What kind of decisions were made? And that's when you... So if you start saying, like, X is doing well because I think they're playing it this way, you're going off of what you've seen in the in the, in the, in the environment, right. things you hear online, what you your see experience, yeah, yeah, yeah. And your experience, and you can you try to imagine if it, how, would, how would you make this situation happen knowing all the facts you know? Mm-hmm. And that's where your kind of your analysis comes from. And that's absolutely fine. I think there's nothing wrong with having different takes as long as you're not literally... Pulling shit out your ass. Basically, yeah. 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 You, as long as they, stick, they they go to the correlations and then what the data is trending towards and you can justify those reasons yeah. with coherent arguments, that's fine. People can have different opinions about why things are happening. Yeah. yeah. As long as they don't contradict the data you've got too badly. Correct. If that yeah. makes sense. No, that, that, no, that makes 100% sense. I'm, I'm just trying to... I think some folks don't understand the weapon that data is sometimes. I... I, I I, sometimes, it, from my perspective, I'm not saying when I say some people that is not. Some people like to. Uh, I've been criticized that when I I say some some particular language, I'm talking about individuals in the community. When I am saying some people here, I do not have any specific person in mind. This is not a fucking dog whistle. It's not code. Some people in general, in my observations throughout all of life, I watch a, a shit ton of left tube. And a shit ton of video essays, shit ton of docu- documentaries in general, and cooking shows. Big fan of all that shit, and uh, tons of true crime, uh, lots of true crime, lots of ghost stories, like uh, what you might expect for a guy with like a fucking death brand. Okay, um, I'm a fucking weirdo. <laughs> I've I, a lot of folks I don't think understand, like the power of data. Like they understand how it, like can be applied, but I don't know if they understand the responsibility of data. Do, do you have any take on that? Do you think that there's a responsibility to wield data well? And do you think that there's a, there's a, such a thing as good usage or bad usage? This is, so this is the difference between an analyst sometimes and a commentator. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the an analyst's job or the person who produces the data. Mm-hmm. So I could do both. If I knew more about AOS in great detail and I had the experience and background of it, then I could do both of these jobs. Mm-hmm. 
I'm I'm smart enough to realize I'm not that person. I don't know the ins and outs. Of Yo, join me, join me right at the top, right it, it, climbing out the valley of despair. It's it's so, it's way better here. Do you know how thin the air gets at the top? And then you find out that it's just a fucking plateau, and then there's another fucking valley of despair. Fuck that. Let's just get just get out of the valley of despair enough to know that the thing keeps going up. And then we're above all those plebs down there who don't know better. But there's probably some people oh. up there who think we don't know better. But but just, just get out of the valley of despair of the Dunning Kruger effect. That's so that's I'll, it's comfortable here. Go on. The responsibility <laughs> of producing data, especially when you're going to put it out in the community, is to make sure you put the context around it. So the first thing you do, for example, is you put your disclaimer at the front, right there, yeah. so people know Beautiful. they know that you're not claiming this is the truth. This is all data points to be interpreted and look for trends. The next point is is just keep an eye out on the takes taking place, so that you can step in when needed, just to just to clarify things. Yeah, fucking because LLV came think... off the bench with a data question the other day. I'm just like, holy shit! And you did it with, uh, hey, we'll ask the question about first turns, right? I think we were talking about yeah. that before we went live, and you were like, you're yeah. like, hang on a second, and you're just like, you know, like adjust your hoodie and like jump in there and like you <laughs> like with the data. Go ahead, yeah. But it's also when they start using the stuff you've made public, and if they start using it in the wrong way, obviously the wrong way, and it's not it's not to jump down their throats and say, oi, stop being st stupid, don't be an idiot. It's just to go in there and say, just remember. Do you know if you're interpreting X, this right or yeah? X X Y and Z is the case. So with that information, do you still think that's the point you want to make? And it's just that. So that's, I think, the responsibility is to is to help people understand how to use the data. So and as so an analyst, the, you feel some... Rail. Go ahead. Sorry, finish your point. Too. Sorry. So it's the guide rails around the information you're getting. So one, it's making sure the information is as good as it can be, and then make sure you offer some guide rails for how, the, how, how they should be used. Yeah. But then after that, as long as it's not fundamentally lying, yeah. people's takes and opinions on the data is their opinions within within... It's just contextual. Yeah, yeah. They're 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 not they're not doing a, a jump from the from fucking out of nowhere. They're, they're actually grounded somewhere when they start to develop an opinion. Yeah. And make a, their make opinion a might be different than yours, but it all comes down to the same basic fundamental facts or data points. Yeah. Now, as long as that's okay, you're fine. Yeah. That's your. And then you just, now you're just disagreeing. It's all right. Who's got the better argument to make uh, besides the data? Who's got more context they can fill in, or who can add exactly. in something? Yeah. Okay. So to me, that's the responsibility of the person producing this information is to give that context to guide rails and to step in when needed to clarify. But not for, it's not for me to say you're wrong mm -hmm. beyond if you're misusing the information. All right. All right. So journalism, uh, it's 201, by the way, not 101 for this one. They, they wait until your second year journalism. Um, Follow-up question. Uh, you see, you can tell because um, have you had an instance of that? You don't have to out the specific person, but was there an instance you remember where you actually had to step in and be like, hey, you're using this data wrong? It wasn't so much them using it wrong. It was it was they were going too granular on too small a base size. Interesting. So I, I couldn't tell them that they were wrong in their assumption uh -huh. because there wasn't enough data to tell them whether they were right or wrong. You're it's like, you've got two data out. points here, and you're trying to make this big point. Yeah. You know, the sample so, size on that is like two armies, right? Or, or something, you know, something exactly. like that. So it was, it was more around that, because it seemed to give people the opportunity to start digging down into things. So you had people going, I want to look at this faction. I want to look at against this other faction. And I want to look at over this very small time period. And you've cut your, what is, on an, on an overall level, a very large sample size, which gives you a decent confidence level. And you've cut it right down. Mm -hmm. And that—that's the point where you go. 
just be careful about the the the, the statements you're making because the confidence is low. I'm not telling you you're wrong. I'm just telling you. I like that. I you like maybe that. maybe shouldn't be making these statements with such affirmity. I, I love that that confidence. By the way, confidence is all. I love that. Like we don't think of confidence as like a, a codifiable or 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 like we think of confidence more in the esoteric rather than the literal, right? In data analytics confidence levels are very much measurable. Right. Yeah. So like if you have a if you have a thousand sample size versus ten, your confidence should be higher with a thousand. Right. Yes. Right. Yeah. Perfect. I love that. Um, do you think there's such a thing as like say too granular? Because you really like, I, I think it's been a point of pride, like the, the sort of granularity of your data. And I honestly, what I've seen so far, the the just the metrics you're able to uh, sort of gauge uh, the the relationships, really, that A B C D uh, stuff is. It's I mean, it's about as kind of robust to the time for an unpaid like laborer doing this as a passion project because it's for the community and the community you love and respect and you want to help out. Like that's awesome. You know, like, that's awesome. So, like, it, it feels like it's about as granular as it can be with your balance, you know, like, still keeping, out like, some sort of a balance to it. Um, is there such a thing as too granular or not granular enough? The only time you get to too granular in this type of information is when you haven't got the data to support the granularity. So you can't be, are you essentially saying, like, as long as there's data, to, as long as there's more data points or more uh, sort of, like, angles to, to add into that... Uh, you can't be too granular. You you can just always add. You, yeah, you've got information. So if you've got enough information to be confident in what you're talking about, why would you be too granular if you can confidently say? Yeah. So if you dig down, like even further and further and further, as long as you've got a base size of a sample that lets you make that assumption or look for those correlations, mm -hmm. then it's fine. The problem with granularity is without the base size, yeah. you get to the fact where you are looking at like six results. Amazing, and you can't make a judgment on that. Well, so like, if I'm like days of the week, the, it maybe gets win better on on Fridays rather than uh, Saturdays. Yeah, and, and the further you go down into granularity, the more you are looking at correlation rather than causation, because the random factors in there become exponential. So the because essentially it's it's sort of like a, it directly uh, or sorry indirectly proportional. The the more the the more granular you go, the more on the corollary side and the less on the causal side you're looking at. Not, not quite. All the, so I need to be. I need to be careful here. Not all the time, but it depends on how you're looking at it. So, and if what you're looking at is right, like there is no reason why they win more on a Wednesday. Okay. The step you need to look actually is who's playing on a Wednesday versus who's playing on other days. Brilliant. And you know what I mean. So you've got yeah, to, yeah, yeah. It's, Weekend warriors versus more, uh, folks who have more free time because night, they can take Wednesdays the off. Night night right. Yeah. Yeah. The more finite you get, you have to be more careful about are you right asking the right question and what are you looking at this right way. So and we saw a little bit of it when we started looking at the 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 one drop or the red the battle regiments in factions and that. It's like on 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 the on, that's quite a granular thing to start getting down to that level. And if you look at you go, oh my god, who who's got the most in it? L, L, LRL, I've got the most in it. Oh my god, it's horrible. It's what like, does that, no, what actually, does that say? Yeah, their, their entire their entire factions built around it, because actually the units they take naturally fall into a one drop, mm -hmm. because they want to take two units of um, wardens for one big unit of sentinels, and then a couple of characters. That's a one drop. It just that's it's built for it. Yeah. 
I can't. I can't. Beasts help it. aren't. Beasts. Beasts aren't built. Back. We They're used to be. It's fucking opposite land. God damn it. We used to have the most one beasts. one drop battalions. Triggered. I just flipped my desk. Like but beasts. Beasts need all those units. Yeah. So they have massive more drops. Yeah. So they're not built around. That. But that's the thing so is like actually, the... it's whereas go ahead, go ahead. Con conversely, if you look at Stormcast, the Stormcast lists that went really well. So the ones that go five and zero, oh, four and one, and maybe even three and two, they had a one. They had a one drop or a regiment inclusion in the eighty percent. Those that were going. Two losses, or sorry, one lot, one, 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 one or two wins or no wins. That was down like thirty or forty. Okay. So there, you suddenly saw actually the armies doing well for Stormcast have a lot more one drops, and then you can. So with that fact, you can then look at what's the causation. Well, actually, it's because they're going for one drops to get their dragons and their their um, long strikes in there, so they can first turn shoot or choose not to shoot, so you come onto them, so they can get the double turn with the dragons. There's a specific choice to be made with how that faction plays that benefits from the one drop. Mm -hmm. So it, you've got to be careful about what you're asking, what you're looking at. You have to have that context behind it as well. If you just throw those numbers out without thinking about it, you've got some armies that have really high battle regiment inclusion, some's not. Then beyond that, you can then start looking at just because they've got a battle regiment, are they a one or two drop? Because actually there's people that have battle regiments and three or more drops. Yeah. Because they're actually including a battle regiment and hunters and warlord, right? Right. So you've got to be careful as you ask, and that's the problem with granularity: is getting down that point. This is: Are you asking the right question? Are you looking at the data in the right way? So, so related question: How do we get you the best data? Like, how do how do because like you, you like you said like uh, Warhammer Rob has to click and when it goes into a thousand lists in, in some weeks or something like that. Like, if in an ideal world, and I'm not, I'm not promising, I'm not going to like advocate per se, but I just, just hypothetically, ideal world, how do you get the best data for for what you're trying to do for the community? I guess I need to ask you up front, what are you trying to do for the community with this? Because I, I guess we've talked around it, but I've never really asked, like what you specifically are, and then from there, how do we get you the best data for the? Do you want these? Are these granular? We you know thinking like tournament score and and soft score and and you're, you're thinking like some people aren't even on the list the to is not tracking what fucking regiments or what uh you know what battalions are in there they're just like is the list legal to have yes no and then they fucking check and they move on like how do i guess what do you want the community to do with your data what is not just what do you ziggy want the community to do with the data and how do we get you you know the the proper amount of granularity the 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 right amount of data first point all i want the community to do with the data is is i know it's there and if they have a if they, have, if they want to understand something go and have a look whether that's just a very brief look at the front page which tells you who's the best army in the current meta uh, how do i find who's so the like, best army in the meta i'm, I'm, I'm looking at this so if you go to the next page over bing and then all region oh here we go uh, legion of the first prince apparently yeah and across the entire entire 3.0, they are the highest winning percentage army. Fine, great. You can then change that by different periods and different. Right, that yeah. is the simplest, that's the simplest view of pure win rate across different factors. Yeah, this now that's we're it. moving away. Uh, this is the least prescriptive actually because it's such a long time frame and there's other variables here. So if I'm trying to say that the best army. In AOS 3.0 right now is Legion of the First Prince. I'm probably wrong by this by using this. 
yeah, you might want to look at um, everything since January because the, the meta changed quite significantly. So, for example, if you went to the AOS versions and you clicked on 3.1 and 3.2, you got 3.1. The reason why you're selecting, yep. The reason why you're selecting two of those is because there's only been 12 events in 3.2. So not enough da data yet, essentially. Yeah. All right, so now I've got Big um, Big Wall and Seraphon. I'm just oh, 60% with Big Wall. Yeah, and that, that Big Wall, though, is because actually there's about 95 games being played with it. So we're still on the very low end of games, but they're being played by people who understand Big Wall. It's not a popular army, so you don't get a lot of the, ooh, let's just play Big Wall because I like the army list, and then you get smashed. They're being played by people who think they can make Big Wall work. Right, 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 right. Um, and then Seraphon, because it's just Seraphon. They're just big dumb lizards who yeah they're just good <laughs> yeah and they're just they've just been consistent um it's funny because uh i was thinking sons of behemoth were going to be the new idk but it's looking like seraphon are kind of are and by idk i mean like the the ultimate gatekeeper stuck around the whole time uh had the most so, foreign sons, ones sons were a gatekeeper until everyone realized that they could burst damage them off objectives and then that was that right they they did army, have a slight resurgence with uh with yeah, yeah if, if your army's your army Armies were built to do that, and as soon as armies were built to do that, suns struggle because you've got four models, and yeah. when they can kill one a turn, you're in trouble. When they can kill two a turn, <laughs> you fucked. Yeah. yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. So they changed how the meta was built, and now they're going to suffer from it. They're not. They're still doing well. Yeah, but they're not the. They're not the sixty percent they used to be at. Right, no, I see. I, I didn't when I when I made the, this made my premise that like uh, like the IDK, it wasn't because like, IDK didn't stay at sixty percent. It was just like you always had to account for them, and the minute you stopped like understanding them as a threat in the meta, they they just like like right back up. Like they just yeah. never, they they never all of uh what we you know two point all of two point IDK was never out. They just were never. The, the way objectives are, with the way objectives are, and the way giants claim them successful armies are never going to be able to get away from having to be able to damage output yeah. so the meta is now built around having damage output so so my my premise now, might still hold but this is one of those we prove it when we look back on 3.0 type thing yeah but now it's going to be tweaked around do you do that with combat ren do you do that with long range shooting double shots do you do it with but it's still all around yeah, can yeah. you clear a giant yeah, can you kill a giant or not yeah. Can you can you kill a mark crusher? Can you? That's what you need to you need to take them out. Yeah. And so there's, there's still going to be that. That's going to be the bent of the game as long as this, they're there and they can do that. Now it might change because of the giants got absolutely hammered with battle scroll. So you might see less people taking them, and as as their as their participation drops, it might give meta space to breathe. But as long as they're in there quite frequently, and you want to win an event, you have to be able to deal with them. So it's it's an interesting kind of balancing act around that. Yeah, no, I see. So this is the stuff where like man, uh, the first Warhammer Weekly episode I was actually on was uh, uh, was actually predicting metas and stuff. I I, d I don't know if anyone knows this, but I have a very good. Uh, it's a combination of intuitive, but it's mostly uh, it's mostly dialectical analysis, uh, holding your mind to totally contradictory realities, and then try to figure out what you can from that, and then you just do that with 
all the armies and you go down the list and you go and then and then you predict the meta and you take into the factor like the region like for instance i know my in my region like we're weighted towards like certain armies and when i look at uk like results and stuff like that and talk to my friends in the uk i go like i know that they're weighted towards these armies germany's for whatever reason weighted towards fire slayers actually it's not hard to figure out how they're weighted towards fire slayers uh i, I guess germans basically are uh you know dwarves canonically right um you know you know so you just you know australia is the galapagos they're the hardest meta to predict on the entire fucking planet um because they're just like it's the galapagos island they have a, their, their evolutionary chain just took them in very specific ways because their armies are so prohibitive to get they have to work a lot with what they got and so it just it does weird things to their and by weird i mean awesome shit to their meta um, that, that's like that's why I like the Australian meta is like really awesome. It's it's really fun, to, fascinating to watch. So that was actually the first thing I was on. Um, meta, and and data helps this type of thing because now I can so like so now if I'm looking for an outlier or an aberration or a um, if I see where the data is trending here and I go like oh I see Seraphons here, Vigua, how much of those armies do I expect to run into? And I kind of like hold some stuff and I'm like the perfect army right now is actually like oddly enough, Beasts of Chaos, or, like, I can arrive to some conclusion like that a lot better. And so, like, yeah, uh, well, what if it's Blades of Corn? We'll just say Blades of Corn happens to have the tool to deal with these three armies. So now all I have to do is get out the jungle. All I have to do is beat round one or two. And I can rely on my skill as a pilot to get out of round one and two. Because then I'm going to start running into Big Wah, Seraphon, Daughters of Cain. And so if I know that my Beasts of Cain, or my, my Blades of Corn list can beat those three armies pretty much, you know, uh, in... In a street fighting competition, it's it's out of, out of ten, it's it's a six. Yeah. I know I don't know. I've got a six against those armies. I've got a seven against those armies. Seven out of ten times I yeah. take it. Um. Well, now I'm just going to rely on player skill to beat the jungle. Uh. The the take I was about to ask out of you was was so hot the internet couldn't handle it. It's how do I get you better data? Um. I I don't I don't see soft stores going away in the Midwest. By the way, so like I can't help people who want that. But like but like I'm I'm a random person. Uh, I want to start up a tournament in Germany where I know my my fire slayers are overrepresented. I, I, Florida, I want to start up a new tournament. I I want to get you more data. Hell, I'm a, I'm an LGS. I'm an LGS. None of my players are ever going to go to a fucking tournament. But like maybe you want want to start collecting that information. How do I so get you better the, data? The interesting thing about what we do is I don't we don't care whether it's soft squad or anything. So we're only dealing with, and we don't even deal with placements. On anything, we don't deal with placements in the metastats, and we don't do it on the on the player the player rankings. All we look at is whether you won or lost your game. Wait. So, the tournament positioning doesn't matter. It's just literally did you win or lose. Wait, so that thing I said more. earlier about like the comp- just look at the five and zero oh or the yeah. four and one, like I was accidentally correct. Yeah, we we don't. So we if if you if you place based off of fifty percent soft scores, doesn't affect our data. Because in the end, we'll just we'll just collect who beat who. Yeah. Because if thinking about the meta, but on that super granular meta, level too, that really important like sort of the, the, that yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. But, go ahead. But, but, but it doesn't matter for the meta stats because how you finish in your tournament doesn't impact whether you won game one or game two or whatever it is. It doesn't matter whether Seraphon, whether you got a fifth, all your painting points doesn't matter. Doesn't impact whether Seraphon beat beats the chaos. Mm-hmm. So we don't need a tournament to run with the specific scoring types. The so I don't. I don't need do, to be ITC. Like I don't. Or, uh, or so we collect. We collect results from BCP. We collect them from TT Tabletop TO. We'll do Excel if they can send it through to us. 
if we can get hold of the information, we'll put it in. So one of the differences between ITC is they only look at DCP data. We've got TT tabletop TO stuff as well. We've got yeah, and, and Austria might have their own fucking thing, and Germany yeah, might have their got, own fucking got, thing. And down under pairings, we've got the the French tourney tourney keeper software. We we will take the information from there. We got the the Dutch have one that we we took some data from recently that in their Dutch GT. So we'll take it from anywhere. If we can get hold of it. We'll so, take it. So how do I how do I get it to you? What what's my format? What am I what do, what do I record? What am I tracking? Am I it's just so the, the easy, match? The easy easiest way to be perfectly honest is bcp or tabletop to you because it's all online then mm-hmm. and as long as you cl- yeah but i'm a curmudgeon i want to i want to record it on paper i i i uh, hate technology okay. the nsa is uh, i have to wear my tinfoil hat at all times the nsa is uh constantly tracking my twitter feed i have proof they responded to me when i said they were tracking me like i could fucking show you the screenshots it said the nsa i saw it and they think i'm a serial killer uh, this is like a joke within so, a joke because I really if, did have if, some joke account apply, like respond to me that was called the NSA when I made a crack about the NSA. So uh, that that was that was some yeah, fucking that was some meta humor. That was we went deep if, in the weeds there. We but were, if you we were yeah. going if you we were going down to the, the kind of like I don't want to use anything online and yeah. the, the hardest the hardest worst way for us to gather it the very very worst would be people writing on pen and paper. Yeah, and this is not to dig at anyone. This is not. No, no. Yeah. No, no. I, just I, I'm not insecure about how many uh, physical notes and an entire like two year campaign I ran out of a fucking notebook and zero technology. So I'm not insecure need, at all. All we need to go to put your data in is we don't even need the player names. If you want to anonymize your player names, that's fine. All it means is they won't go onto the player rankings. Um, we just need to understand which player A has which faction, which sub faction. Italians, grand strategies, and drops. So the be- easiest way to do that is just to give us the player's name on their list. So even if that is taking a photo of the list with a name written on the top, really? we can still we can still work with that. We can still it's not great. It takes a lot longer to do, but we can still. So you could literally do all. Would of you it rather have the picture of the list than the Excel spreadsheet? No, I'd rather have I'd rather have text because I can just copy and paste it rather than having to write it out again. Just, I'm just curious, um, but I'm really I'm lazy, so I'm like, I, you know what? Fuck that. I'm just gonna like, yeah. And yeah, then I'm so and then I'm gonna send a uh, on, then yeah. I'm gonna send a message with it and say, look, keep the player names out of it because, uh, like nobody signed off on the privacy waiver. Yeah. At which point we just we just we just anonymize the player names, but we'd still know that player A was player A because we because I like I said when we build it from the ground up, we want to see how player A does throughout the whole. Yeah. 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 Right. We need to be able to follow that. So we'll, we'd anonymize it, but at least we'd know which was player well, one, player two. Yeah, player well, you, I mean, can I propose something to make it harder for you? You need to go to yep. uh, uh, to the uh, hidden, uh, what is it, the uh, Legend of the Lost Temple from Nickelodeon, uh, Blue Barracudas. Uh, Blue Barracuda is, is player one instead of player A. That's way less fun. Silver Snake. Like, you need to go through and just, like, alliteration of colors and uh, and, and, and animals. That's, animals. Okay. yeah. Right, just to just to so, just to take exponentially longer than like a one, a two, a three, like. So, if, if you're going for the bare minimum, of what we need, however it gets to us, because even if it's in photos, we will read it off and type it in by hand. Man, that's Rob me. will probably kill you. Yeah, no, but we will. Is yeah. all we need to know is player lists, and if you can't give us the lists, give us, as I said, faction, sub faction, any battalions, grand strategy, and drops. So that's all on the list anyway. Usually, if you if you're writing a list, usually you have that on, you have those on your list anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, so like, player is... lists, pairings, pairings are important. So round by round pairings, 
and the results for those matchups. Okay. If, if, you've got, if you've got that, that's all we need. We don't need standings. We don't need points. We don't need finishing positions. We just need pairings, results by pairings, and the bit and the information from the lists. All right. I mean, that's. I mean, that's that's it. I mean, that that's really all my question. I know I said it was going to be rapid fire, but then my internet sucked, so I, I apologize for that. Um, I mean, that that was all my questions. I I, I um. It's interesting because I find myself in this weird position where I love the data, but I also um, respect the player agency and the TO agency and all these little like community factors. And I'm like, well, how do we, how do we move forward? How do we Im- allow people to? Here's a thing I tried to unpack for some folks: the tenacity of an idea does not make it worthy, and just yeah. because it's new doesn't mean it's good. Like. Uh, everyone's heard of fucking NFTs. They're new. Uh, you know, uh, Net 3.0, that's going to be new. That's worse. It's not, it's not progress. That's going backwards. That's not good. So this uh, fucking Elon Musk has made a career out of uh, basically making uh, garbage new things and worse trains. Um, like, it's... <laughs> uh, he was Even his code was old. He got fired oh, as yeah. the as a as the uh, as the tech officer of his original startup that he borrowed a bunch of money and and uh, the person who was an undergrad in college that came in to sort his code was like this is the worst coding I've ever seen oh no keep the title I'm just gonna make better sorry um it, 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 there's got to be some harmony between allowing the community to grow. Really, I mean, growth is 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 as as far as I'm concerned in terms of nerdery. More people playing, more people uh, making better and improved decisions uh, about their army. Like I think one of the major problems with with this community is because Games Workshop does view you as just like a cash symbol in their eyes. Like they don't, you know, you're not a part. They don't give a fuck about you. They don't care that you love gets more than anything else on the planet. You know, like, they don't care that you ride or die with your with your orc army through like the good and the bad. They don't give a fuck. Right, like they're just moving units in there, and th- there's no malice there. That which is a not the way you should think about the way companies op- operate either. Said the dirty leftist to you. Um, there's no agency. They're just they exist. They're a corporate entity. They 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 have anti fiduciary uh, fiduciary laws that stop them from not being profitable. It's basically whether it's, they have to be profitable. They have a, a they have a, a a they have an obligation to their shareholders to make them money. A legal, uh, a legally binding obligation, uh, like evil corporation. As much fun as it is, it's got nothing to do with it. But again, on the flip side, they don't see you. They don't give a fuck that gets is your favorite. Uh, what do we got? Heathen Knights of Slanesh, Cruel Boy Skaven. They don't give a fuck about any of you. Like that, it's your favorite faction. They they might see an ability to make a bunch of money selling those things again. But again, like I want my player base, my my community to be as informed as they can possibly be to make the best possible decisions they can for themselves. I don't want other people abusing data to shout people down and tell them they suck and they're playing the wrong army. I think that's fucking garbage. But I don't want you to like be like, Heathen Knights of Slanesh is my favorite army and I'm like, oh, 30%, 38% win rate. You know, like, uh, you're gonna have an uphill battle. You know, I... You know, there's there's some move forward where the more information helps us and we're able to build better context for people to engage with that and 
and and interface and join our community because community growth is great for the business they they want to make more money but i think it's healthier a, a more diverse a more robust more access to events more more events available like those things to me are all just better finding your little niche what if there's an all there's so many fucking warhammer players now there's an all gets tournament that's all there is just fucking 100 gets players right like you know that that stuff's good that's good you find more friends there's more community more community to stand against the big evil corporation like all that shit is great but to do that we need I think better rules because I do think I could prove to Games Workshop that better rules sell better. Um, I would I would like I would state a thesis on it. Like I would spend four years as an over, or I would I would spend four years in 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 a grad pro in grad school to prove to them that better rule. Like I would literally be the nerd to fucking be like, oh, if your game has better rules, uh, it's gonna sell better. And I would stake an entire PhD on it. Um, that's how com- that's how much I believe that 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 good rules. And I and and. For my part, I do think Games Workshop's trended in the correct direction. I think they have some setbacks. I think they've had some moments where you're like, what the fuck? But they're going in the right direction for rules. They can. And this is one time I am going to concede to myself and say they can be better in a in a material, obvious, and direct manner that makes them more money and helps the player base in the community. And when all those stars are aligned, it's the right decision to make. You know? I, yeah. It, but data helping people make better decisions about their army without feeling prohibitive. I think that's an interesting dichotomy. I think that's an interesting dance. It's not a dichotomy. They're not opposed. What it comes to, again, though, is the responsibility of the people who are literate enough to use the data correctly. Or to be there to make sure it's it's not used the wrong way. So, if you see people using data to beat people down in the community, if you're if I saw it, I'd have a responsibility. I would feel responsible enough to at least point, step up, and say something that that it, it's not about. You shouldn't use that army. It's just being aware of limitations. And actually, you can look at the data and find a situation where he might do beat up on other on an army. It'll be there. There are certain matchups where they're good. Mm-hmm. Or you can point out the fact that someone like Bill Souza and that kind of stuff. Yeah, just take whatever. Like, yeah, just beat. So there are builds where it can work, and actually, if you really want to try and use Hidden Knights competitively, well, maybe it's to look at maybe how they play and how did those lists work. If you want to use Hidden Knights to have fun, mm-hmm. then just be aware that you might get you might lose more matches than you win. And it, so it's it's not so you spend your money expecting that this army is going to win all your games for you. Yeah. Because that's wrong. So it's just the context, and no one should use data to beat people over the head with. <laughs> Um, but it does happen. It happens in corporate life. It happens in every, everywhere. So I guess it's the responsibility if you're going to put data out there in the community for everyone to use. Yeah, it, it happened with it. it right. Yeah, it's happened with the lies of, of IQ. Like it just it, it doesn't. There's no core premise to prove IQ even is a thing. And the data we have on IQ, we have a robust data set of IQ. To yeah, to, to you know, like it's garbage. But it's it, there's no there's no core science underneath that IQ even exists. There's no idea of intrinsic intelligence. Like we, it doesn't exist. It, 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 like all these times that we've tried to prove that there is such a thing as like inborn or intrinsic intelligence. Um, and it's to the point where we've tried to prove it so many times. It has its own name that I can't remember. Like it has its own capital letter, uh, you know, two part name uh, to try to prove this principle that just doesn't. And, but we have tons of data on IQ. So you can use IQ to, to, to bludgeon people into death and make like a movie like say called Idiocracy 
Yeah. Oh, you know, like uh, that's a irresponsible use of of information you've kind of made up. Yeah. Um, no, it's it's um just be the thirty eight percent. Yeah, just lean in. Ooh, OBR at forty? No, no, we're fuck fuck your data. Your data is irrelevant because I found no. Um, I guess I. I you kind of have. We've kind of talked about outliers throughout this whole thing, so my outliers question is gone. The last, the last question I have is is a, a sort of a privacy concern, I guess, because I yeah. think like there's an apprehension in our digital age, and and I don't want to ground this in 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 what might be a potential cop out to like data good, data bad. You know, like I I don't. That's not how I want to frame this, so I'm going to try to be very careful. I feel like in our age where we understand that we're all sort of like zeros and ones, you know, like our, our, our digital presences, the algorithm tailoring our, uh, you know, our experience on Twitter to us, uh, TikTok being kind of the worst affront to, to God, man, robot or otherwise uh, in terms of uh, uh, user agency and algorithmic like override. Um, and we started kind of early on in the conversation about Amazon. Amazon tank basically said, hey, you're not going to make money. no dividends 10 years. Um, we're just going to invest in all this shit. And one of the big ones was was essentially designing their algorithm, their uh, shopping platform. We have an understanding that we've grown up now that we're sort of like all digitized. We're all data on some level. And I think that there's this question like between like how... Maybe it's too existential. I don't know. But no, like... So I think, I think what it comes down to, I think fundamentally around this, like, and we've kind of briefly talked about it before, um this is a this is a, a legal requirement in the uk so it, we signed up to gdpr as part of the eu um and we still still function to it now, the u.s laws are different because trust me i've had enough issues trying to get to work with data companies in the u.s with their data security yeah laws and you're in your in actual professional base of you're slightly luxer. And actually, there's currently work going on to try to get safe harboring going again because currently you're in the wild. <laughs> um, wait, wait, we're we less. Care. We we care less about the privacy of our citizens. Citizens, go on. <laughs> um, so I think the, the first thing to say is 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 the the the, the meta stats themselves. There's no personal information in there. You um, mean my geo data's not in it? What about like my geo data? No. No, it's not there. <laughs> no. Okay. Um, and then for the player rankings, which we haven't really got into in this show, but there's a whole different thing around player rankings and all that kind of stuff. And well, that's got to be an opt-in type thing, I think, right? Like that's just well, at the, at the moment, the player rankings. I think 95 to 98 percent of everything we've got is already publicly available online. What's publicly available online and what's ethically available online aren't the same thing. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking about whether I'm going to get in trouble with it or not. So yeah. it's already online and publicly available. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So me me taking it from the website and putting it on a different website. The onus is on that website and not you is kind of what you're saying. It's, it's on public it's in public domain. Yeah. It's like if now someone's mad that I shared their like their 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 Twitter post and I'm like, look at what look at what person said and they're like, Look, bro, you didn't ask my permission to sh share my Twitter post and I'm like, You just it's on Twitter. We, we, did you think you had an expectation of privacy on Twitter, right? Like, because that's what America cares about is like, did you have a legal expectation of privacy? Well, and um, and then for the occasional ones we get off of um, Excel, I think there's like I mean three or four tournaments out of the hundred and thirty we've done. Mm -hmm. 
um, usually you've got the TO's permission to get it. So we've, we've had to ask the TO for that. So again, whether the TO spoke to the player. Hopefully the sure. TO is, uh, so this is, a, this is another ground up thing that, you know, which has been like a sort of unspoken theme of, of tonight is like the, the ground up build of your data, the ground, the, the granularity, um, like the TO's, the, uh, the community, essentially like your grassroots, uh, need to be doing their due diligence there. You know, the, 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 even beyond that, with that assumption, I think, so I will happily remove anyone's name or change anyone's name if they want it to be changed. So yeah, this is where we Silver Snake uh, took this list got, this far, got, right? Yeah, we've, we've got an email address. They can they can email through to us. They can they can DM the the, the stat center if, if they don't want their their name to be. So the first thing to be important is this: from a GDPR point of view, we only hold from personal identifiable information. We have your name. Yeah, that's it. No date of birth, no location, no address, no anything. Yeah, yeah. Just a name. And on the on the scale of what's seen as as a risk, that's a very low low end of it. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that we wouldn't remove it if requested. So I've I've already changed one person's name to uh -huh. what they use as their their public handle um, because they requested it. They asked me to change it straight away, no problem whatsoever. So there's there's going to be a we're in the process of putting it on the website, but there'll be a note on the on the, on the website saying if anyone wants their name removed or changed, just contact us and we'll do it straight away. And that's not because we have to, because actually it's already online. Mm -hmm. It's because it's the right thing to do. So you can't, you can't just make the assumption that exactly. So it's the right thing to do. That I've already done it once, and if anyone needs it to be done, happy to do it. Yeah, um, and we'll make sure that the the way of contacting us is very clear on the website and actually on the dashboard as well. I'm gonna put it on the players' dashboard so everyone knows how to get in contact with us if they want to. Right. Yeah, because like you said, it's already kind of out there, but I I don't think people and this is part of the digital age thing, the zeros and ones. We were we were, uh, I was I was getting out. I didn't mean to put you on the spot. It's it's that I don't think people understand that how much we're throwing ourselves out into the void these days like it just because it, the internet has been ubiquitous for instance my children are growing up in a, in a reality where where internet access is 100 percent um i didn't grow up in that reality and it's not like i want them to be connected all the time we had a global pandemic right like their whole they they had to do school online like there's it's the i think we take some of the stuff from granted like haywo here says submits all uh all lists as haywo but I know for a fact, because I know Haywo, he cares a lot more about privacy than even I do. I'm way easier to dox than Haywo. <laughs> but it's not because I'm like, I've, I've submitted to wanting to not have privacy. It's because I'm a doo-doo dumbhead and I don't think about it that much. And I think a lot of people don't think about it that much. And I think this is not a you thing and this isn't a, uh, this isn't a, a, a stats thing. This is not a stats question. I think content creators, thought leaders, I think community leaders, uh, you know, whatever label you want for the, the folks who, you, whether it's your LGS, uh, you know, store owner that you're like, this is the person I used to take, I mainly take my, my calls from or whatever your community, whatever your, you know, sort of network looks like. I think that those various Whoever is the disseminator of knowledge in these communities, community leaders is, I think, is the best term for it. Um, your I think community leaders need to need to, I think, need to be a little bit more aware of this stuff because I want the data, but I also want people to be aware of like the power of data. And yeah, you know, so. and I think because we hold so little, because it is just their name up there. Yeah. If they want it removed, it's, to me, it doesn't hurt me. Have your your name removed, or you have the okay. Have you, you, you blue barracuda? Uh, I dibs on blue barracuda. Um, you're going to see lists actually accidentally come under my real name.
because I don't even fucking think about it when I sign uh, my name to the fucking uh, sign-in sheet and the thing. And people interchangeably call me either Andrew or Mephisto. Um, when you see Andrew... <laughs> see, I had my editing uh, fix my last name so you can't dox me. You can see it come in. I want you Blue Barracuda. Fine. <laughs> but that, Dibs. So, Dibs. for example, so the, the, the French system... Actually, Purple monkey. They've all got gamer tags yeah, in the yeah. French system, so it's all just gamer tags. Yeah, and that's that's great. That's a good barrier. That's fine because yeah. actually, the way that we do it, it doesn't matter whether you're calling yourself Santa Claus or your real name, as long as you're consistent, it'll track. Right. It doesn't matter. So, also, if you don't want your name up there, it doesn't actually hurt me because I'm only doing this. You so, you, if you want to, see yeah, it, you want to see how see good you are at the, at the thing. It's the EP, that's, right? That's that's literally yeah. it. So yeah, I, I want to measure. I my, I, I'm a gamer. I want my EP measured. I want to see how 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 awesome I am. On none the of this is none of this is because I want to hold these records. Blah blah blah. Yeah, it's yeah. All yeah. For the and if the community wants it, great. So like, if the community decides to turn around and says they don't find this interesting, they don't want it anymore. Okay, I won't. I won't do it. That is objectively I'm... not. That is that is not going to happen. People always want to know more. I started at the beginning with the anecdote about how, like, I just, I wanted to feel like I was connected to that tournament by seeing what was going on, right? Like, we want that as a, as a community. And this is, the humans are hyper-social creatures, uh, except for Haywo. He's somehow, like, the only one who's fucking immune to, like, social needs. I, I don't know uh, what amazing paragon and next level of enlightenment he has achieved. Um, but, but most folks need that, like, some feeling of that connection in the community and wanting to be blah blah and and i get it i i get it like i i think transparency data i think all these things are great i think they're great for a community especially uh the only way you get accountability is with information and and transparency right like and accountability is important because you don't know if someone's a good faith actor or bad faith actor you don't know what people know inside their fucking heads or think up here like you have no idea the only way we can check each other and some people just do shit on accident and you but the only the only way you can sort of account for malice is just to make sure that people are as informed and there's con consent at as many levels as possible and that the power and the information is dispersed that's me but i'm being you know i'm being my weird self all right man uh i said the final soapbox was earlier i think you, this is a great interview um final soapbox is i'm gonna go to sleep is that what it is absolutely it's uh five to five in the morning Jesus so, uh... <laughs> Dude, you crushed it tonight. This is an excellent episode. Um, no, thank you very much for having me on. It's been good fun. You've been an excellent ambassador for for all you do for this community. You you what you do is is is. Uh, I don't think it should go unsung. This is hard work. It's a lot of it's it's a lot of it's a lot of uh, personal hours. Um, uh, and I'm going to give people a, a, a tip. Uh, if you're as dirty lefty as me, uh, and you choose to do something for the community. Uh, there is no shame in doing it on the clock for the job that pays the bills. They're already exploiting you. Just, just exploit them back. Get paid for your labor, however you can. Not commenting on that. <laughs> I am, of course, the magical Mister Mephisto. This has been Ziggy. Uh, Jack Gang, you're the show with the show. The reason we do this thing: remember to drink your milk, pay your taxes, be excellent to yourselves.